Welcome to another thrilling episode of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast with me, Ian Wadley, the Ayatollah of Alcohola, Wadzilla, Uncle Drunkle, and about five other names you can't say in polite conversation. Ian Wadley, Wadzilla, and with me this week is James West Coast Offense. James, what's up, brother? Uh, not much, man. What's going on, dude? Oh, man, I'm excited to be back, back doing the, the final episodes, the fan-paid episodes of the Rock and Metal Combat Podcast, and uh, it's been a while. It's been a, I, I know I'm averaging about one a month, and I need to step that shit up because we still got a lot left. But, like I said, I'm going to have uh, you know, special guests from other podcasts, people you know and love from the page, and somebody everybody knows and loves from the page is James West, and I'm honored to have you on here, brother. Hey, it's a big honor for me to be on here, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan, and uh, have been for many years, man, and I always wanted to be on this show, so I'm fucking thrilled, man. Really thrilled. Thanks for having me, dude. Oh, no, man. Th- thank you. Thank you for all your support of Rock and Metal Combat Podcast through the years. And I, I know you-, you still support what I do with Diablos and Podcastica and what Ralph's doing, man. You're, you're a true fan, and-, and we really appreciate your support. It means a lot. It means a lot. Oh, absolutely, dude. It's all my pleasure, man. I you know, Many great years and many great podcasts from you guys and uh, many great episodes and uh I just thank you for, for all of it, man. I, I'm, I'm just totally over the moon, man, to be on with you now. Big fan, dude. And I love everybody on the page. Awesome people, man. Well, I, I hope I pass the audition and uh, you enjoy yourself. I'm sure you're going to. Because this is something that I, I knew was, was right for you. Uh, and, and, and someone else donated for this. And it got to mention Tyler Fine, I believe. Fine or Fine? I don't know. If your name's not Joe Smith, I'm going to fuck it up. But uh, <laughs> Tyler is a great fan on the page, very active, and I really appreciate his donation that made the past Rock and Pods happen. And just to let everybody know, Rock and Pod uh, will be back, you know, as soon as the world fucking calms down. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, it got canceled this year because even if by when it was supposed to happen, you know, ain't nobody got no fucking money right now anyway, you know. And, know. and when we do it, we want to do it right. We want everybody to be able to come and enjoy themselves. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, this just ain't the year. And I'm hoping and I'm hoping it's next year because there's definitely going to be more than 10 motherfuckers gathered together for that shit. I mean, there'll be 10 people carrying my booze, you know, <laughs> let, alone, let alone people who show up for the event. But, you know, I want to thank everybody that paid for these in the past that made the first three so successful. And, uh, yeah, this is one I knew I had to call you because it involves a certain Philip H. Anselmo, who I know is oh, like, yeah. you know, he is to you what David Lee Roth is to me. And I totally get that because he's right there with him. Uh, one of the greatest frontmen of all time. And we're doing the second album from the supergroup Down. And uh, I'm very excited to do that. But before we get into that, everybody knows the routine here. We gotta do the news, and man, let's see if we can find some stories 
that aren't entirely about uh, coronavirus. I don't know. That that might be hard. Fuck. Uh, yeah, shit's crazy right now, dude. Yeah, it is. Well, here, first one. Testament's Chuck Billy says, uh, post-pandemic world, um, I don't think it's going to swing right back to normal. And I, I got a bad feeling about that myself. Uh, I'm kind of, you know, wondering what's a realistic expectation for when we're going to see some shows. I've, I've heard talk about later this year, and I've heard talk of uh, no shows the rest of the year. I know California, they were talking about possibility of no shows going into 22, which is Damn. yeah, insane. But uh, I know here in New Orleans, they just announced today uh, there might not be a Mardi Gras next and that's like, man, you know, there's been a few times Mardi Gras has been canceled, but it was usually shit like World War One, World War Two, <laughs> you know, Yellow yeah. Fever. Uh, but man, let, Spanish let's, flu or something. Yeah, let, let's keep our fingers crossed that uh, you know there's some kind of normalcy soon, and and we can all get back to you know going and seeing our favorite bands because shit, they ain't got a lot left as it is. You know, a lot of the shit we're into. How many touring years they got left? And, yeah. Uh, you know, we don't want to waste them here. You know, just, just sitting here. But we got to do what we got to do for right now. And I hope everybody out there is, uh, you know, making the best of a bad situation. Absolutely, dude. Hey, yep, one of the last. Sorry. Oh no, no, go ahead. One of the last metal shows I saw, man, a few years ago was uh, Testament and Anthrax down at uh, Myrtle Beach, House of Blues. Man, that was a killer show. Oh, I know. I, I, I want to see that tour. Or, no, I did see that tour. Never mind. I did see that tour. That was some good shit. Yeah, yeah. They were both great. It was the only time I've ever seen Testament, and I'm a huge Testament fan, and, I, you know, I, I love Alex Skolnick, so... You know, they were the band I was going to see that night, and they didn't disappoint. And they had Gene Hoagland on the drums, man. So, fuck. That was awesome, dude. That's right, because that was, uh, believe it or not, that was the first time I ever saw Anthrax with Joey Belladonna. I never saw him with Joey back in the day. And then since I got back with him, it just always worked out. No matter where I moved, that's where they weren't playing, <laughs> you know? <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, I remember Testament had some audio trouble in the beginning. It was pissing me off. I love Testament. I think that was like my third or fourth time seeing Testament. And it took a couple songs to get their sound right. But, I mean, both great, great bands. And I'm really digging the new Testament album. Have you been checking that out? No. Well, I, I've seen the couple songs that was posted. Uh, I don't have a copy of it yet. Uh, but uh, everybody says it's really killer. And the, the, the couple uh, songs I've seen so far, I mean, it, it sounds really awesome, man. So I, I got to get the, I got to get the new album soon. But what I've heard so far just sounds unbelievable, man. They sound great, dude. Oh, yeah. I, I definitely dig that one. All right. Well, oh, yeah. this this made me laugh. Uh, Guns N' Roses have been working fast in his sleep on a killer new music. I don't know what the fuck that word means, but I, I think it means fast for Guns N' Roses speed. Because uh, <laughs> it's been a while since Chinese democracy. Uh, are you interested in a new Guns N' Roses album? Uh, man, actually, I am, dude. I, I love guns. Uh, I know a lot of people are, are kind of love Axel, hate Axel. I love him. 
I thought he was fucking great with ACDC, Axel DC, whatever you want to call it. Um, and uh, I'd be really interested to hear a new album with, with him and Slash and Duff. So, so yeah, I, I, would, I would love to hear that, dude. I mean, I hope it won't disappoint. Of course, it's going to be nothing compared to Appetite. We all know that. But, yeah, I'd love to see him put out a new album, man, because, you know, a lot of the older bands, I mean, like you said, there's not a whole lot of time for some of them left. So, yeah, I could dig it, man. It's got to be better in Chinese democracy, which was not terrible, but, you know, man, it was definitely a letdown. So I, I'd like to hear some new shit. Yeah, and especially for the wait. You, you know, how long you waited, you know, like, it's that, you know, that's the best we could do. But I, I think, yeah. that, you know, of, of course, you know, I, I'm a fucking Izzy guy. And to me, it ain't, you know, it's like Sabbath without Bill Ward. You know, it would not have an Izzy there, especially on the writing aspect. But I think whatever they would write now if if he involves you know if he lets duff and, and slash take part of the writing it's got to be closer to the true spirit of guns and roses than what chinese democracy is and there are some songs i like on that but as a whole i was very disappointed yeah me too dude i you know i yeah of course i love the original lineup and i love izzy and i was hoping that izzy was going to come back to the band at least i i figure steven adler probably wasn't but i was hoping izzy would come back and they definitely got an izzy clone looking dude running around that's for sure but uh yeah, he's a great songwriter and guitar player. So, you know, I, it'd be great if they got him back involved in everything, man, because he, he wrote a lot of great shit with them. So I hope they do. You know, you never know with those guys. Yeah, you're right about the Izzy clone. Uh, but Richard Fortas, he's a great guitar player. But, man, it's just, it's it's really eerie how much he looks like. They should call him, like, Izzy Thayer. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I thought, man. I mean, he's playing the same style of guitar. He's got the same hairdo. I mean, damn, he he, he almost looks just like him. And uh, I know he's a good guitar player and everything. He he can jam, so he's no slouch. That's for sure, you know. But uh, it, it it is eerie, dude. Yeah, I, I I'd definitely check it out. You know, just it'd be it'd be good to hear new music. You know, stop doing. You know, how many years are they gonna do? Oh, well, I got Slash and Duff back, you know. Just be happy with the top hat. Do some new... So if, if you're such a fucking genius, write some genius new songs already. Yeah. But, I, but I, I do love yeah. Axel, though. And he seems to act a lot better these days and you know, how he was in the past. He's a lot more grounded. And I agree with what you said about the ACDC. I thought he did a fantastic job. Yeah, I was much more interested, honestly, with uh, Axel DC album coming out than I am. I mean, I love Brian Johnson and everything, but honestly, the last couple ACDC albums have been kind of lacking, and uh, I thought Axel could really do some interesting shit with Angus Young, man, so I was oh, really yeah. kind of looking forward to that, but it doesn't look like it's going that way. I was too, because you know I definitely think Angus would keep you know Axel in check and, and trim the fat. You know, if He's not going to go to Angus with some fucking November Rain shit. <laughs> you right. know, he's gonna go there with a fucking welcome to the jungle or you know, uh, you're crazy. So, you know, the, the hard shit. But yeah, I guess we'll never know. Well, yeah, I, that's true. Another new album I'm uh, anticipating, and I'm not quite sure if you're a fan or not. I know you got a pretty uh, wide range of taste yourself, but uh, the new Marilyn Manson album is finished, and it's a collaboration with Shooter Jennings, uh, son of Wailing Jennings. And I like Shooter. Are you familiar with his work at all? 
Uh, a little bit. I, I am a big Manson fan, and um, I, I, I like most of his albums. I really love, you know, the classic stuff. Um, I don't know a whole lot about Shooter Jennings. I know the name, um, but I, I definitely would love to hear some new Manson. I mean, I always loved that guy. I've seen him several times live, uh, even before he was famous, and uh the Antichrist tour is one of the best damn concerts I've ever seen. I know a lot of people are divided on him too, but shit, I, I love Manson, man, and uh, I think he's really talented. You know, if he could just fucking keep it together, and you know, uh, I, I know a few concerts he uh, showed up fucked up and uh, was less than uh, great, but uh, you know, I, I definitely love to hear some new Manson too, man. Oh yeah, and I think he's been uh, the, the last two albums. I think have been a good return to form for him I mean I would still like something as angry and aggressive as, as Antichrist but uh, he always seems to do something interesting and I stand by and, and a great live artist I took a lot of people to see Manson who weren't fans and went after they saw him live walked away a fan oh yeah yeah great performer yeah, yeah yeah the last time I saw him it was a tour they did with Smash and Pumpkin and Smash oh, Pumpkins cool. is one of those bands that, you know, there's some songs that I really like and a lot of songs that get on my last fucking nerve, but I, I never saw them live back in the day because I was always on the fence about them. You know? I was like, eh, I don't know if I, uh, what a whole show of them would be like. And when they did the co-headlining tour, Manson went on first and just, you know, put on, you know, a, a Manson show. And then, you know, uh, Pumpkins came on next, and that's when it was just, I, I think, it might, I don't know if uh, Jimmy Chamberlain was with them at the time. might have just been Corgan. I'm not sure. But it was so boring in comparison. I mean, they came out, and all they had was, like, some white sheets with lights behind them as a stage show. And they played a lot of songs that, you know, no, a lot of newer shit that nobody knew. And there was just no energy there, no vibe. I believe I ended up leaving early i was just like yeah this is this is good. i already saw the show i wanted to see yeah i saw them about 10 or 12 years ago and um they they put on a pretty decent show and everything i mean i think corgan's a pretty damn good guitar player when he when he puts his mind to it but um as far as the Siamese Dream stuff, which is like, I love that album. He, he played two or three songs off of it, but they played it like super fast. Like he just wanted to get through them and, and get over it towards the end of the show. And it was a lot of new shit, you know, like he played. He didn't play a lot of the old classic shit. So, yeah, they were a little bit disappointing. I mean, not bad. I mean, you know, I, I'm not sad I went, but uh, they, they could have been better, man. He, he knows what people want to hear, man. You just being stubborn about it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Actually, my favorite album is Gish. I love the first one. Uh, oh, yeah, I, that's good, too. I, I was listening to that before uh, Siamese Dream, because they, they were a Chicago band, and, and I was in Chicago at the time. Uh, I really dug it. I thought it was cool, something different. And then by the time Siamese Dream came out, I liked it, most of it, not as much as Gish, and, but then it just it got so overplayed. Like, if I hear Disarmed, somebody you know i'm gonna arm and shoot somebody like, i never <laughs> want to hear that fucking song again oh my god that's it, like jeremy by pearl jam like, I'll kill uh, uh, I, I get it dude I, I didn't hear of them until siamese dream so they were like kind of like a new band for me and uh 
I gotta say, I really got into that album for a while. I thought there were some really cool guitar playing on there and everything. But uh, man, I, I would have loved to, you know, been into them at the point you were. I guess it's really cool, man. And uh, you know, I thought they were a great band for about a decade, and then it just kind of fell off the rails a little bit with me. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I would buy their albums and stuff, and I would always end up there'd be a handful of songs like I really dug, but not a lot of them that I could listen to start to finish. You know, there would always be something like, eh, okay, yeah, you lost me there. All right, well, Tommy Lee says he's done answering fan mail after autograph items were auctioned on eBay. Uh, do you think he's overreacting there? Do you think he should care about that? Should that really bother somebody? I don't know, man. Like... You know, I gotta say, I was a fan of his drumming and the first couple Motley Crue records. I thought he's pretty, pretty good rock drummer, but man, he's a fucking idiot though. And uh, I don't, I don't know, man. Every time he pops his head up in social media, it just seems he just seems to embarrass himself one way or the other, man. And uh, just kind of a doofus, man. You know, so yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I think you should just keep his damn head down, man, and just you know, be be happy for what he's done, and, and just quit running his mouth so much, honestly. Well, uh, I, I've heard a lot of shit about him not being very interactive with the fans and you know, Motley Crue on their you know on their farewell tour that I went to twice. Uh, right. Him, him not showing up for meet and greets and stuff like that. Like, he really doesn't care about the fans. And I don't know. Uh, I I could kind of understand getting mad about shit getting sold, but then again, it's like, motherfucker, you got your money. Now, I mean, I guess if if, if you spend your time answering somebody, yeah, know, and then they they just go and sell it, then they're probably not a true fan. Like that, that'd be like if I I got a letter from David Lee Roth, I'm getting buried with that shit. I'm not selling it, you know, so I can kind of see that, but, you know, you've always got to remember, you know, you're not shit without the fans, you know, you'd be working a day yeah. job like everybody else, so even if, yeah. a, even if a few do piss you off, you know, you still got to have that interaction, and, you know, I, I've been lucky to meet so many rock stars who were very cool, I mean, the percentage that were dicks would be like, you know, like half a percent, most of them at least, you know, to your face, are very nice, very gracious. And I, I think that means a lot to people. And that inspires loyalty, I, I believe, too. You know, if somebody's, you know, you always remember how cool this person was to you. You're always going to go and get their album because you're going to remember that. You're like, yeah, man. You know, but if somebody's a dick, you know, like fucking Peter Chris, you know, it's like, oh, fuck you. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I totally get that, dude. I, I met Cinderella back in the day, you know, with with the album they blew up on. I can't think of the name right. I mean, with somebody saved me and all that yeah, on there. Yeah, night songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, me and my best friend met them and everything, and, and they just had like such assholes. And uh, we were about like thirteen or fourteen, you know. But I just always remembered that, like they just had like such pricks and. A couple of years later, nobody gave a fuck about him, you know. And you know, I just I never forgot that man. When 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 somebody you, you like acts like an asshole to you, you don't forget that shit. And uh, yeah, fuck Cinderella. That's that's the way I feel about them. <laughs> Still, after all this time, man. Uh, I hear you know, 
you know, I know we talked about him the show before, but uh, I think it was the second Rock and Pod. You know, we had a fun interaction with uh, Fred, uh, or not Fred, uh, what's the guitar player? Jeff the uh, Bar. Yeah. And he was fun. He was he was wasted, but but he was fun. But I, I think he's definitely you know humbled over time. But yeah, that sh- that should be a lesson to rock stars, man. Always be nice, you know, to your fans. You know, unless a fan's being belligerent or asshole, then you know, treat like you treat everybody else as being a prick. But if somebody just wants to show their appreciation, let you know how much their music means to you, man. Show them some fucking respect. Well, yeah. next one is somebody who was very nice to me when I met him, and I think he's an incredible drummer, Frankie Benali from Quiet Riot. Uh, it's just so sad. He's had to start up a GoFundMe page uh, for his, his cancer battle. He has stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, which, I mean, I hate to say, but, you know, that's a death sentence. You know, that that's yeah. that's kind of a, a matter of time. But uh, at the same time, you know, God, who knows if those bills would be passed off onto his daughter or what, I'm not sure exactly how that would work. Uh, it's just a sad situation. Somebody who's been a musician his whole life and played on, you know, so many albums, you know, be it Wasp, Huge Thrall, and Quiet Riot, you know. A lot of people think, you know, oh, these musicians, they're rich, they got it made. You know, a lot of them don't even have fucking health insurance. No, 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 especially back then, the way managers fuck bands out of the, you know, money and royalties and the record contracts. Yeah, he probably doesn't have a lot of money. Yeah, you know, and uh, it's hard, too, because this is a real hard time to ask people for money. You know, because so many people are out of work across the country right now. I know, I would say probably 95% of the people I know in New Orleans, you know, that I've met over the last you know, decade plus I've been here, are all bartenders and uh, waiters, waitresses, cooks, shit like that. And so it's, it's a tough time, but this is something I feel if you do have a little change to spare, it is a worthy cause. Uh, he's a really stand-up guy. Have you ever saw the behind the music, man? This guy took care of his mother during her cancer battle. And just everything was based around, you know, taking care of her. And always nice to the fans, always gracious. Uh, so it's so sad to see him suffering, you know, the same, same thing. But I, I, I know it is hard right now. I know we were going to make up shirts for... For the new podcast for Diablos Podcast again. And I'm like, you know what? Now ain't the time. You know? Yeah. Now, yeah, now, it's now a terrible time. time. I know people want them, and different people have different, uh, you know, some people are better off than others, but I, I just wouldn't feel right. You know, take an aim and save your money. Who knows what's going on? You know, I'd rather see somebody donate fucking five, ten bucks to Frankie Benali. Then buy a T-shirt with my ugly fucking face on it. <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, dude. It, it, that's why I think you're such a nice guy, man. I mean, that's that's a classy thing to say, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people have said he he's a nice guy. So I, I don't know, man. I I have to say, uh, you know, I, I think you know what you said um, on one of the last episodes about 
maybe this stuff going away in the summer and then coming back in the winter. I mean, I hope you're, I hope you're wrong and I'm wrong too, man. But I just don't know, man. It, it sure looks like that's a possibility. So I think, I think we're in, in for a, a long year, dude. I really do. Yeah, unfortunately, I do too. And you know, this, this is coming from people a hell of a lot smarter than me. And uh, you know, everybody knows my stance on our, our, our current president and stuff. And, and you know, I don't care about him looking bad. I want what's best for the country. Uh, you know, and I want what's best for for. Well, I, this isn't even like an American problem. This is a global problem that people are going to face all over the place. So. Yeah. It's 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 sad, you know. I, I think this is going to be kind of like a 9/11 thing. I don't think things are ever exactly going to be the same. Like, Me remember neither. Getting, remember getting on a plane before 9/11? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it took it, you it, about uh, five less hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. And some things never change. I think there's going to be certain aspects of this that that don't change. But you know, unfortunately, I hope going to see a live band isn't one of them never know but anyway the moral of the story is you got five bucks uh something frank benali man he played on some great songs <laughs> hell yeah 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 mental health was huge man that was a fucking huge album dude oh hell never, yeah. never played on anything else that was a huge album dude oh yeah oh so important man in my childhood man that's i i had that before i even got into metal you know every kid had that you know, yeah, like, absolutely. At the same time, we were buying Thriller and fucking Culture Club and whatever was big in the early 80s. You know, everybody listened to fucking Metal Health. Oh, absolutely, dude. I had that on cassette, man. And uh, you're right. I, I had an album. I had Thriller, too. Every, everybody on the damn planet had that record, dude. It was nuts. Hell yeah. <laughs> well, here's something. I, I feel so bad being negative about this, but... You say I'm a nice guy, but I'm I'm actually a prick. Um, <laughs> oh my god, have you heard the new Scorpion song? No, no, I have. Man, I, I haven't listened to them in quite a while, man. It's, honestly, since uh, a fucking wind to change or whatever that crap was that came out so many years ago, I, I honestly I checked out on those guys, man. So I, I haven't heard anything new from them in, in a while. Well, they've written a new uh, uplifting song called Sign of Hope uh, that they released, you know, about the coronavirus uh, crisis. And it just, I just knew, I knew it was going to be bad. But I was like, you know what, I, I love the Scorpions. Yeah, like most people signed out after the 80s, as far as concerning about anything new that they've done. Uh, right. And this is a band, you know, in my opinion, you know, even in the 80s, killed themselves with the ballad overlay. I mean, they, they have written some great ones, some classic ones, but just too fucking many of them. And, uh, yeah. And, and, then, and then to hear this one, I, I mean, I understand if you're doing something about something like this, chances are it's going to be a fucking ballad, <laughs> you know? But we don't. We need another sales of Sharon, you know. <laughs> we need another blackout right now, you know. Damn that would right. that would be a sign of hope. Is hearing like a new Scorpion song that fucking rocks, <laughs> you know. That is yeah. like, holy shit, where did this come from? You don't need another fucking winds of change, man. 
Oh, th- this made me cover my fucking face and my ears. It was so yeah. fucking. It was so fucking bad. Again, I appreciate the sentiment. I under I understand that you know these are older gentlemen. <laughs> you know, like Lost Minds, like seventy something. You know, yeah. St- still singing great, but oh my god, give us a rock. And, and, and let me send that out there to, to other bands who you know if you want to do something about coronavirus, just just put out a good song. It don't even have to be about coronavirus. Write a good song that would take our minds off this shit. That would be you know so you know because it's on everybody's mind you, if you're working uh if you're lucky enough to be working it's all everybody's talking about how about a great rocking song that just takes your mind off for fucking five minutes to be fair. yeah not 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 a sappy fucking ballad uh you know kumbaya bullshit god damn it give me a blackout give me a song about getting so drunk you don't remember who you fucked last night that would cheer me up right now Absolutely. A big big smile on my face. All right, let's see what else we got here in the news. Anything newsworthy? I'm looking, I'm looking. Oh, God. Not not a lot. It's it's just... Yeah, everybody's staying inside their house, dude. (laughs) There's not a whole lot going on. Uh, uh, one and question though. Oh yeah. Uh, is, is Sammy Hagar still alive, dude? Unfortunately, unfortunately, and I'm hoping he, you know, I'm hoping this shit gets him before they start doing concerts again. You know, that's, that's please, please, baby Jesus, make this. I have, yeah. I have waited so long to just get on this show with you and just say. Fuck Sammy Hagar. Uh, it feels so good, dude. Uh, uh, I'm so fucking happy to be on here with you and just to say fuck that piece of shit, dude. Damn, yeah, okay. dude. If, if he's still alive this summer, I hope we get another round of this shit. <laughs> just like, come on. <laughs> so, so just stick around till he's dead and then be gone. Be gone with you, coronavirus. We, we need a <sighs> we need a cabo wobble virus. To take take this motherfucker out. Oh, oh my god. god. You know, and, and I and I hate, you know, I, I, I don't like fake news. And, you know, I don't want to spread shit that's not true. But I did hear a rumor that the Chinese did invent this shit just to kill San Diego. And I totally believe that. Yeah, because hey, they may eat bats, but they still got good taste. You know, right. they don't want no then, fucking Sammy Hagar music. So please, please, Sammy, throw yourself on a fucking cross and, and, and just die already. And then we get rid of Corona. We can get back to going to see concerts and everything will be right. Yeah. That, that's, that's what I think. Even they know real Van Halen, dude. Even they know that, that fucking <laughs> piece of shit. Uh, well, hey, at least Scab Kiss is not torn either, so, you know, that's another yeah, good it, thing out there, dude. Yeah, it stops that shit. It, it stops somebody from spending uh, 10 bucks on Groupon to see fucking Scab Kiss. Oh, God. Stop already. I'm so over them, dude. I'm, I'm a, you know, I have to agree with you, man. I know you're, you were a big Kiss fan, and, and me too. And I always loved them as far as the original lineup and those classic albums, man. But just, I paid three times to see the real farewell tour, dude. And I, I actually was stupid enough to believe they were ending. And fuck no. You know, and, and just the last 
couple decades, man, just every year that's gone by, they just embarrass me more and more. And then when I heard Paula's fucking lip syncing, dude, I'm just, I'm out, dude. I'm just, I'm fucking out, man. They just, they just need to fucking stop, dude. Yeah, it, it, it's sad. Like I said, I'll always be uh, a kiss fan, you know. But I, I, I don't listen to them anymore. I don't have, to. I don't have to. that shit's in my DNA, and they, they're just embarrassing themselves, and, you know, just to the point where really I, I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed, but I, I'll admit it. Hey, I'm still a kiss fan. Always. Yeah, me too. But, but it's it's embarrassing. They really make it hard to, to say that shit with pride, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, just, yeah. At, at this point, I don't even care if they get ace back. I'm over it. I mean, I'm, I'm I mean, yeah. I feel the same way, dude. I don't care if ace comes back. I'm not going to fucking see him. And I'm, I'm, I'm fucking over it, dude. Um, I, I've seen him ten times. Ten's a fucking enough. I saw him in 2010. It was a free ticket. I went with a couple friends who never seen him with his makeup on, and I knew when I left that night. That, you know, no matter what, I'm, I'm not fucking going back, dude. I'm just done. They were still decent, but they, they were not the band that they were. You know, with Ace and Peter, and uh, on the reunion tour, and, you know, they were great. And I'm just gonna hold on to those memories, and uh, I don't give a fuck who they get back or who's with them, man. Even with Roth being with them, dude, I just, I, I, I just, I just don't want to go see that. You know, I mean, at the most, if I got a free ticket, I might show up to see Roth, and then I'm fucking out of there and beating traffic. I'm not sticking around to see the circus, dude. And yeah. I just feel like it's a fucking circus now. It's a circus to take your kids to, you know, musical circus, and uh, you know, they just embarrass me, man. And I, I'm done with them. And Honestly, I'm done with Ozzy, too, man. He should have fucking retired about a good 15, 20 years ago, too. And, uh, you know, I heard some of that shit he put out, the new shit, and it, it's fucking terrible, man. Oh, so bad. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he, he should have quit touring several years ago, too, man. He shot. It's over. Just I, I'm, I'm not going to see Kiss or Ozzy again. I, I just don't give a fuck, dude. And I love both of them. Oh, yeah, man. And I, I've got great memories of seeing Ozzy. You know, solo, oh, yeah. Black Sabbath. I think Ozzy, I've actually seen, you know, if you count both uh, solo and Sabbath shows, I've seen more than anybody else, even Kiss. Uh, you know, Kiss would be number two. I think I've seen Kiss about 12 or 13 times. But, uh, oh my God, yeah, Ozzy. I, I'm just, oh, thanks for the memories, man. You don't need to do no more. Go, <laughs> go enjoy retirement. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. You don't owe anybody uh, anything. Just, just, just stay at home. Stay off of fucking four wheelers. Uh, don't get caught fucking your hairdresser and enjoy what time you got left. Unless you want to get back together, you know, with real Sabbath. Uh, then give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah. But, uh, I don't even want to do that now. But uh, you, you want to do some more Post Malone shit? No, I'm done. No, uh, uh. And, you know, he could have got Jake back years ago and got my interest back in it, but fuck no. Whatever reason, they, they, they always shit on Jake, and I just, I'll never understand that, man. And, uh, you know, I just, he just needs to stay at home. Yeah, yeah. Or, or, or write a song with Jake. Now, that I'd like to hear, you know, but that shit ain't happening. Nah, you'd rather do something with 
fucking tattoo face guy or whatever <laughs> fucking name is, dude. You got a fucking tattoo on your face. I don't know, man. I just, I, I'm not into it, dude. You know, him and rappers, no, no, that's just fucking sacrilege. So, nah, I ain't digging it, dude. Well, man, the news. The, I tell you that the news is about as depressing as, as the regular news you watch. So fuck that shit. What do you say we talk about this album here? Hey, man, I'm up for that, dude. Yeah, I'm a fucking big down Philosomo fan. Everybody that knows me knows that, dude. So when you asked me to do this, and I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. Because when you said you had certain episodes left, and you mentioned down was one of them, I was like, man, I could fucking do that one pretty good, dude. And then when you asked me, I was just like, fuck, yeah, I'm ready. So I've had my notes. Uh, written out for about two weeks, dude. Just, just ready to do it whenever. And that shit's ingrained in my DNA, dude. I didn't even have to make notes, but you know, to try to be semi-professional, I, I fucking, you know, wrote some out. But uh, this is a great album, man. It, it's just underrated to me too, man. It's a fucking great album, dude. Oh, I, I agree. And this one does get a lot of shit. And there's certain things I understand, but overall, I, I really don't get why this isn't is appreciated as much as, as the first one is. Now, is it as good as the first one? No, but I don't think it's that far behind. I, I really don't. I, I think it was a very solid follow-up. Uh, this was the first time I got to see Down, because when they did the first tour, they did a very short tour. I believe it was something like eight or nine dates. It wasn't long at all. And... Uh, this was the internet, okay, so it wasn't all over, like, hey, they're going to be there. Some friends of mine saw them that I hadn't seen in a while, so I didn't know about it, you know, and they didn't tell me. I was like, fuck, they played here and I missed it. So I was so excited when this was coming out, because I, I've always said, as much as I, I do love the album, I was a little bit disappointed uh, in the last Pantera album. Uh, it's it's still good, but I don't think it's as good as the rest, you know, from the classic era. And uh, so to hear that Down was going to do something again, I was like, okay, here we go. Down. You know, the, NOLA is just one of the greatest fucking metal albums of all time. Yeah, yeah. That that could be put up there with the best of the best and stand yeah. its own. And, I totally agree. And was excited to see uh, Rex Brown now involved in the band because I love Rex's bass playing. Uh, but when this came out, I, I remember a lot of excitement, but just, it didn't have the same buzz and the same vibe, uh, you know, with the fans as the first one did. And I, I have my reasons, and I'll get into it. Did you see him on this tour? Yeah, actually, it was the first time I saw him, too, man. And I, I saw him down at House of Blues in Myrtle Beach. And um, me and my friends were going to come out, man. We, we fucking, we all loved it, man. And we were thrilled that Rex was in the band. I think this is the best version ever of Down, you know. And, uh, man, it was a killer show. And um, we all really loved this album. So I was surprised kind of to figure out later on that some people weren't thrilled about it or however you want to say it but i i was like man i don't know what the fuck they're listening to because i i love it man you know no, no it's not as good as nola but it's it's like right there with it as far as i'm concerned you know it's it's a little bit different but uh 
I love it. And it, like you say about the last Pantera record, I love it to death, man. And it, no, it, is, is it as good as Far Beyond Driven? No, but it's like really fucking close for me. I, I think it's a, a good blend of, of all the classic Pantera records kind of combined in one. I think that's what they were going for. And, uh, I think, man, this is the best version of Down and uh, shit. You don't get better than Rex on bass, man. And um, they put on a killer show. And uh, yeah, I, that was the first time I saw Down was on this tour. And we were all excited as hell to see them because the only Ozfest that I've missed from 1997 to 2004 was in 2002 when this come out. And they were supposed to come here and Ozzy's wife got cancer. And Down was headlining the second stage, and they canceled here where I'm at, man. We were all really bummed about that because we were all stoked to go see Down. And um, that's the only Ozfest I missed, man, from 97 to 2004 was this one. I was like, fuck, man. And uh, I guess that's why they went ahead and booked that House of Blues gig. So, actually, we ended up, you know, being able to see them in a better setting as far as I'm concerned. Their show, you know. It worked out much better for you, because yeah, that's I saw him on Ozfest, and it was cool because I got to meet him and stuff because they did a signing and shit, and that was cool. But you know, I'm sure you got a much longer set, and just like you know, you know, this isn't to me. This isn't the type of band you want to see at Ozfest, even even if it is headlining the second stage. This is a band you want to see in a club and be right up there. And, uh, yeah. No, this, this type of band I'd rather see in a club even than an arena. You know. Yeah, uh, I agree. You know, they're, just, they're, they're so incredible, so powerful live, and like like Pantera, Pantera, I could see anywhere. Like like I've seen them in clubs and it was amazing. And I've seen them in arenas and I felt felt the same power that I felt in a club. But there's just something about Down should be a little bit more intimate. You know, um, just incredible. But uh, I agree, I agree. I feel that way about Superjoint. You know, when I saw them oh, at yeah, Ozfest and at club shows, they were better in a club, dude. Oh yeah, I've, I've seen Superjoint like three times, three times. You know, uh, twice, two or three times with the classic lineup, and then I saw this last version. You know, that's just Superjoint. Ritual, right? Uh, I, I saw them with uh, with Danzig and Prong uh, and some other bands. Uh, yeah, it was, it was a good show. It was a good show, but man, I, I miss when they had Hank Third in the band and shit like that, and, and uh, Fazio on drums. Uh, yeah, that was the best version, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate they couldn't work their shit out. I, I don't know a whole lot of it, but I know it has to do with drum, drama between. Fazio and, uh, and Phil. Yeah, yeah, that's what I heard too. To this day, I don't know uh, if they've made peace or not. But, uh, man, I, I love those those super too. Different, yeah, you know, totally different. Phil always does some different shit, and I respect that. And sometimes, you know, it, it's not exactly my thing, but I love that he just, you know, he follows his heart, and does what he wants to do. I saw him. Play fucking two blocks from my house. He played at the legendary Tipitinas here in New Orleans, and I saw him with the Illegals. And, uh, awesome! And it, it was a hell of a show. It was so funny. I was, I was right up front, 
hanging out with Pepper. Uh, you know, Pepper was just there. He wasn't playing with him and shit. And my best friend, <laughs> he saw a video that got put up on Blabbermouth. He goes, he goes, man, I heard you on, on the uh, the Pantera. I mean, on the on the film video on Blabbermouth. I was like, what? He goes, he goes, yeah, I know that. Yeah, scream you do. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. I was like, I gotta watch the video. And yeah, there I am. <laughs> there I am, and you can hear me on it. Shit. I was front row, man. It was an amazing show. But those albums uh, with the illegals, just, I mean, not bad, but they haven't hit me the same way, you know, like Pantera does or Down. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that this new one he's got, N Minor. I really yeah. like it. And I'm so pissed because they played my favorite club in New Orleans twice, one at Jack's. And both nights I couldn't go because I had to be at work the next day. You know, it's just, oh. I think I think like once they played on a fucking Sunday, and and then once they played on a Friday when I was working overtime and had to be there at like five in the morning. And I'm just fuck. Like, oh fuck! There's no way I'm gonna make it because you know here in New Orleans, when everything's running properly, a lot of times you go see a band like that, you'll be lucky if they're on by midnight. You know. Right. And, and, right. You know, you see Phil, you're not gonna be a fucking choir boy. You're gonna get fucked up, you know. Exactly, exactly. I'm getting drunk every time. Oh hell yeah! And unfortunately, part of adulting is uh, having to go to work the next day so you can pay your fucking bills. Right. But it, it yeah. Sucks. When I was in my twenties, man, I didn't care. I didn't care. Oh, it's Tuesday. Oh, I'm gonna drop acid. I'll still go to work the next day. You know. Yeah. At 46, not so much. <laughs> That's yeah, it gets a little bit harder, don't it, to get up the next day, man, in your 40s than it was in your 20s or even your 30s, you know. And, oh, yeah. uh, man, I met Superjoint with Hank and everything, man. They were just as cool as you could fucking be, man. They were all really nice guys. I met them twice, met Phil twice, man. I, you know, I was over the moon meeting that guy. He was really fucking cool to me, too, man, so... Always remember that too. He was just really cool to meet, man. And um, you know, I, I never did get to meet Down, but I think I would have if that Ozfest would have came here. But it got canceled that year, dude. Well, I, uh, then then you should be very interested. In, I'm gonna, looking into the future here. There's a good chance I'm going to have multiple members of Down on uh, Diablos and Podcast. So be sticking sticking around for that. And, oh yeah, dude. Be, be very excited to talk to those guys, and I've I've hung out, I've drank, smoked up with a lot of them, <laughs> with a lot of past and, and current members of Down, and uh, you know I've hung out with, with uh, Pat Bruder, the bass player now, super nice guy, man. Got stoned with Bauer and, and uh, drunk with Pepper and Kirk and uh, Phil, and man. Oh man, love to have those guys on the show because they—I can only imagine the stories. You know, shit, some of the ones they've told me, but I'd love to get them on the show and talk about that. So, look in the future. There's definitely going to be some down numbers on Diablos and podcast. That I guarantee. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I met Phil and Jimmy, so at least I, I met two out of the two out of the five, man. And uh, oh, you know, I, they're really cool. Jimmy's cool, man. Oh, Jimmy! Jimmy was so cool. I helped Jimmy. Uh, I live about four blocks away from Pepper's Bar here in New Orleans, the Bontons. And it's it's awesome. The bar's split in two. 
uh, you know, the front they got pool tables and one of the best jukeboxes in town. And in the back, it's always local musicians playing. You know, it's not necessarily metal, but it's all, you know, he wants to support New Orleans musicians. And Jimmy played there with just a band he threw together, and it wasn't metal, it was just all kinds of different shit. And uh, I ended up helping him, uh, you know, pack up at the end of the night and shit, and he signed a drum head for me, and I gave it to my son. Cool, that's cool as fuck. Super nice guy. Smoked up with him at One-Eyed Jacks. Uh, him, him and his ex-wife Dana, really nice lady. Uh, super cool people. Yeah, yeah, he was really nice when I met him, dude. Really nice guy. But let's get into this motherfucker, shall we? Alright, I got one thing to say, dude. Uh, I need to take a piss right quick. Before we get started. Yeah, I think I'm going to refill my drink. Okay, I'll be right back. there brother yeah man i'm here sorry about the bad time dude oh no no not at all like i said man i'd, I'd do that so you can relax and do this shit you know i sit there you know holding your dick doing the pee pee dance <laughs> you know the first couple times i was on the podcast i didn't want to say anything dude but i had i was nervous so i drank slammed like four or five beers now before we started dude for like two hours i was like fuck man i gotta piss fuck and then when I was on with Bushy on the plug, man, we went for like four hours, dude. Finally, about like hour three or so, I was like, Bushy, I got to piss, dude. I'm sorry, man. I'll be right back. So. Hey, if there's anybody that understands that, it's me. And, and plus, I know you broke the seal now, too. So you got to go oh, again. Yeah. You got to go again. You know, like I said, just, you know, wait till it's, it's you know, your turn to, to give a... You know, you can say, hey, hold up, I got a piss, man. No worries here. Like I said, this should all get edited, so no worries. Okay, brother. Cool, man. I'm, I'm, I'm fucking ready. I should be should be good till the end. All right. Here we go. Ready? Yeah. All right, James. Well, since you are a very special guest, I should say my special guest, uh, why don't you take the first track, Lysergic Funeral Procession? Alright, dude. I, I love the way this one starts out slow to feel doing kind of that spoken word. It it just sets the mood for me for, for the whole album just to kind of pick you up and suck you in. Uh, Phil's voice sounds fantastic to me on, the, on this whole album, really, but uh, I love the baritone you, you sing with on this song, and uh, I love the way he sings you know more on, on this album than some of the other albums he's been on because he's actually doing some more singing and it's uh it's definitely a drug album like uh you know sabbath master reality or volume four you can just tell when i was reading up about this album they were all talking about each each member was taking a different drug and shit they wanted to make it like that that style of album and everything and uh I think it definitely is, man. I, I just, I just love the groove, the way this song starts out, and uh, what a cool fucking name for a song, too, man. So, um, I, I really love this track right off the back. I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, Downs back, and uh, a great album opener to me, man. And I believe they opened with this one when I saw them on that tour, too. All right, well, this, this one we're gonna disagree on. This one, I, I tell you what, I love the title. I love the title, but this one just 
never grab you. And to me, it, it was not the best way to start off the album. And, oh, wow. And I think... Uh, I, I love this album. I think it could have been trimmed a little bit. There's three, possibly four, songs that I would have took off of it. Uh, made it a tighter album. And, you know, use the other songs as B-sides. This yeah, is, I can see that. This, this is one of them. Uh, and this was always a, a, a thing. Like, when I first heard the album, I was like, oh, you know, th this one didn't start off the way, you know, the first one did, you know. When Nola kicks in, and goddamn, you know, it goes, it goes right in Temptation's Wing. Now that's yeah. that's how you start a fucking album. Cause that kick you in the boo boo right away. And yeah. I, I just thought this was, you know, especially as much as people were anticipating this one. And this is gonna be a spoiler alert. I think the first three songs I think are totally the wrong way to start off this album. Especially when you're following up Nola, because you really set the bar high there. Because that album has an amazing flow, especially talk about heavy loaded, and, and in the beginning, I mean, it's just like you know, you know, uppercut, uppercut, you know, haymaker, you know, just knocking your ass out. And and this one, I think, just doesn't come out the gate the same way. I would definitely change up, even if you don't take some of the songs off the album. I would definitely change up uh, the order of it. Not a horrible song, but it's just... I don't know. This one's never grabbed me. I'll take the next one. There's something on my side. Um, and again, I don't think it's a horrible song. But this is... To me, this is kind of a B-side. Or at least, you know, like... Killer filler that would maybe be better mixed into side two. You know, I don't think, you know, after the first one, it's kind of like, oh, okay, this one hasn't done it for me. This this isn't a good follow-up to change my mind. And I think it's stuff like this, the way the album starts off kind of influenced people's perception of it. Because maybe they didn't have the patience to stick around and listen to the rest of the album. That I think a lot of it stands up toe-to-toe -to -toe with Nola. But this isn't one of them. What do you think? Oh man, I, I have to disagree, dude. I mean, I, I I fucking love the way this song starts out. But Rex's bass—he's such a, a killer bass player, and I, I just always loved his bass tone. You know, I mean, man, he's he's backing up, you know, Dime and Vinnie Paul. I mean, sometimes I think he was a little overlooked in Pantera because Rex is just a fucking phenomenal bass player. And um, I love the way he, saw, he starts his song out. I think he's one of the best metal bass players ever. And to me, this is the best down lineup out of all their lineups. And like I said, man, I was lucky enough to see this tour. And I was so happy Rex was there with those guys. And I hope he stayed in the band, you know, right on, you know, till now. And um, I was disappointed when he left, honestly. Because um, I was like, fuck, I'm getting to see half of Pantera, you know, with, with him in the band, too. And I love the breakdown in the middle of this song with the way Phil sings softly. And then the drums kick in. And, and I think the drums sound great on this album, too. I just, uh, man, I love these first two songs, dude. I got I got to say, man, so I have to disagree with you there. But uh, I think it's a kick-ass tune, man. 
But uh, I, I will agree with you with the lineup, though. I really love this. And that's no uh, slight on Sexy T, Todd Strange, who was the Big boy. Oh, you want to talk about a nice guy. Really nice guy. I've, I've talked to him at a lot of shows. And I saw his first show when he came back to Crowbar and stuff. And I even talked to him at one point about coming on Rock and Metal Combat. Because he's on the page. At least he was. Yeah. I, I remember you saying in, that. Yeah, I've seen him in a while. But yeah, he, he wanted to talk about uh, Celtic Frost. And I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's awesome. And, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I, I didn't follow up on that. Maybe in the future on Diablos, have him on and talk about that. I would love to do that. But yeah, when Rex came in the band, I, I totally get what, uh, you know, it was. You're seeing half Pantera and then three other top-notch fucking music. I mean, goddamn Pepper and Kirk yeah. as a fucking guitar duo. Holy yeah. Shit. And, and then you got fucking Bauer Power on drums. Yeah. He can do it all, man. He can play guitar. He can fucking drum. I mean, he, uh, he can do it all, man. Super nice guy. And his, his drumming, I think, is so underrated. So underrated. Oh, yeah. He's fucking talented as hell, dude. I mean, he was a fucking killer guitar player, super joint. But, I mean, his drumming is phenomenal, dude. I, yeah. I think. I mean, I mean, he's great. And I hate God. He, he's great and fucking uh, super joint. But when that motherfucker gets on the drums, he's just got the feel, man. I mean, you know, reminds me of, like... Uh, a cross between Bonham and fucking and, uh, and Bill Ward. I mean, it's just in his fucking blood. That guy. I agree, dude. Nailed that. We'll go to the next track, The Man That Follows Hell. Now, this one I like better than the first two. Uh, but, uh, again, I, mean, I, I know I'm repeating myself here. I don't think this is the way you front load this fucking album. Especially with the, the strong songs that are on here. Uh, and, and this is one I, I could see maybe not leaving this one off, but it, again, just change the placement. I like it, but you know, you know, we're three songs in now, and I haven't heard to my ears a Temptation's Wing, you know, a life. You know, yeah. You know, and, and that's what I'm waiting for, and I think that's what a lot of down fans were waiting for. And again, it, it's really hard when you come out. You know, that'd be like if you know Zeppelin's first album was fucking you know houses or physical. You know what I mean? It's like you really set the bar up high, and whatever yeah. you do, it, it's going to be judged. And I, I think you know it gets to points in this album where yeah. We're there, but these first three, it's just, oh man, if I, if I could, if I could jumble this fucking set list, I think I could get something that would have grabbed people's attention more. And I, I don't, I don't know who picks shit like this. I don't know if bands do this or producers do this or, or who does it, but, uh, you know, hey, they were all on drugs, so I can't fault them too much, you know, and that's something Yeah. We kind of alluded to, but uh, didn't get in deep with. What happened, Phil, Phil has an estate on, on the North Shore here in uh, Louisiana, which, which, you know, north of New Orleans and stuff, uh, northeast of this place. Is. But, uh, you know, he's got Nosferatu's lair. Nosferatu. Yeah, Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah. 
But, uh, you know, it was like a big barn he turned into his recording studio. And they all stayed at Phil's place for a month. Nobody left. And they just had all the drugs and booze they needed sent there, shipped in. And they just lived there for a month. And this is what you heard. This is a drug fucking album. Which I love drug fucking albums. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. And it's getting there, but to me, it just hasn't yet. What do you think of the man that follows up? Well, man, I I love the lyrics of this song. Like, um, I'm calling out to you all. Lucifer's calling. So further we fall down. I fucking love the, the, the name of the song. Uh, I think the guitars of uh, Winstead and, and Pepper, man, they're, they're just jamming. I mean, I think it's got killer riffs in it. I love the middle breakdown on this one, too, where the uh, riff completely changes into an even heavier riff towards the end. It's just got this crunch to it, man. And, um, man, I, I really dig this song, dude. Um, just... Uh, I got no complaints on the first three songs, the way it starts out. You know, I I, I get what you're saying compared to Nola and everything, the way that one just punches you right in the face. But I, I think this one's, a, you know, it's a, a little bit different style album. Um, I think they were getting a little more experimental and everything. But, uh, but, man, I love this one too, man. You know, I just, I love Phil's voice on this album, man. I think he just really showed a, a different side to himself, which he did a little bit on Nola. But I think even more on this one, he did a little more uh, singing and screaming. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. I, I think, actually, I think this could probably be, overall, his best vocals ever recorded. Me too, dude. I, I mean, because he, he does a little bit of everything on this album. And, and vocally, he nails it. I mean, there, there's not one song where I can say, oh, I don't, I don't, whether or not, you know, the song is my favorite. His vocal performance is spot on. I, I, I mean, from the heaviest to the heavy to the mellows to the mellows, he fucking nails it up. Good God. Yeah, I totally agree, dude. It's a fucking jamming, jamming album, and uh, I think he's he, he's my favorite metal singer ever. I mean, everybody that knows me knows that. He's just, I just, I love his voice on the hard edge pantera shit the way he sings on this album and and the way he does his different bands um for me man there's nobody better dude he just is and and the best metal front man ever dude um you know to me he's like uh roth and dio and halford all wrapped in the fucking one you know and uh you saw him live so many times like me the way he commanded a, a fucking stage dude just uh I think he was untouchable when he was on top. Dude. Oh, by far, by far, there was nobody that could control the audience and hold him in the palm of his hand. And, and even when he was fucked up, man, I, I've seen him like fucked up, still fucking delivered, still was amazing, you know, still had all of it, you know. Uh, there's nothing like that, I mean. And I, I feel bad for younger generations that, that didn't get to see him play there, you know. Yeah, uh, me too. It, it's just sad that, that you miss that, you know, you miss Dimebag and, and fucking Vinny and, and Rex Phil play these amazing songs, you know. Like if they ever did something now, yeah, you could never call it Pantera. You could never call it Pantera, but I would love to see him, Rex, and 
you know, other quality musicians go out there and just play these songs again. Because I miss hearing this shit live. I miss hearing fucking Domination. You know? And I'm so old, I remember I remember when you got to hear Domination without Hollow. Oh, that's yeah. You know, when yeah, you yeah. got to hear Domination in its full, which I love both those songs, but if I'm going to, I want to hear both those songs in their entirety. I don't want a goddamn collage. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah, I because want... Dom Solo at the end of Domination has ripped so much oh. ass. Oh, what is. I don't know, you'd be hard-pressed to ever find another breakdown that's better than Domination. I mean, I mean, that is just break some fucking shit. Go fucking ape shit, man. Woo! Yeah, yeah. Did you get to see him destroy Skid Row on that tour? Way back I, in the day? Yeah, I, 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 saw, I saw him with Skid Row. And, uh... And, and I, I gotta say, Skid Row is a band I hate, and I, I've said this on the podcast many times, I hated Skid Row until I saw them live. And I got to see them twice, and both times they were amazing live. But, it, I mean, it's nothing, you know, I mean, goddamn, when I saw them, you know, the, the first time I saw Pantera, it was uh, Pantera, Skid Row, and, and Megadeth. Damn. And it was, it, it, and I always bitch about how you know, Megadeth had the video for, uh, I think it was High Speed Dirt or some shit like that. And and they they used the mosh pit for Pantera in their video. And I'm like, that's lame. That's lame. You can't do that. Yeah. I was there. Yeah. Al- Alpine Valley, I was fucking there, dude. Uh, I mean, I, I literally, when they played Primal Concrete Sledge, I saw a guardrail busted out of the concrete. Oh, no bullshit. I mean, it was... Oh, it was mayhem, and it was it was right before I, I don't think Vulgar had come out yet. Yeah, I mean it was uh, it was just uh, an incredible time. When, when I seen them, I, it had to be around the same tour that we mean you both saw because they said Vulgar was coming out within like a month or two, and um, they were playing some shit off Vulgar. But me and my friends, um, you know, all we had seen was like the Cemetery Gates video and maybe and, and maybe uh, the Cowboys from Hell video. So we were going there to check them out, and they come out playing shit off Vulgar, and we're like, "Holy fuck, man! This shit is so badass!" And they're like, "Yeah, we got a new album coming out called Vulgar Display of Power." Man, they were just fucking killing it, dude. And um, yeah, so we had to see around, seeing them not too far off from the same time, man. It. They were just so fucking good, dude, man. And the first fucking song filled his stage dives right out to the fucking crowd. Like, first fucking song, dude. <laughs> and it was just, you know, that's him, man. And um, it, was, it was just fucking unbelievable, dude. You know, so I fell in love with him. We all did. Went out and bought Cowboys from Hell on fucking cassette the next day. And every one of us blew our goddamn car stereos out. At the same time, jamming that out, and then like a month or two later, here comes Vulgar, dude. And from that period on, that was my fucking band, dude. Absolutely. Same here, brother. My first tattoo, Pantera. That, oh God, I love this fucking band. But we're talking about Down. Down. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, hey, dude, that's it, what we do on this show, man. We veer, man. If I'm on there, man, it, it's. ADD time. <laughs> Man, go off on whatever. But why don't you take the next one, Stained Glass Cross? Dude, 
I dig this song. It, it just trips me out. It's just something totally different than Down's usual riffs. There, dare I say it could have been the single off this album. It just like it's got that groove to it, but it also sounds to me like I don't. I ain't gonna say they were trying to write a song to get on the radio because that's not those guys at all. But if I had to pick one that you know maybe if I didn't know them they were trying to you know write something that maybe could get on the radio I think it would be this song man it's just it's just so fucking catchy in there man there's a little bit of cowbell in there it's, it's just got a groove and then when that electric organ playing just kicks in man I was like I, you know I didn't expect that but it, but it just you know blew me away I think it sounds really cool with the organ on there, and um, you know what a what a cool name for this song. I mean, Phil's also my favorite lyric writer too, and he always has cool damn song titles, and it just you know he's the best best metal lyric writer to me, man. I just every time I get something Phil related, whether it's down or Pantera, I just immediately I'm reading the lyrics and everything, man, because I think the guy's just really great at it, and. Um, I think they uh, really sound jamming on this song, man. I definitely see it being a single, you know, good song, man. Well, I agree with you on this one, man, because I love this goddamn song. Holy shit. From here on out, no more Uncle Drunkle whining. You know, it's all fucking gravy from here. Holy shit, do I love this song. And, uh, you know, it's funny because this is the second time I've recorded this episode. There's two episodes that Ralph and I recorded uh, that were never released. The last one everybody heard of Ralph and myself was the Tool episode, but we recorded two other episodes, this and we did uh, Trouble. But, uh, you know, the show broke up and Ralph has the recordings. I don't have them. But Ralph hated this fucking song hated this song and I did not I could not understand why because to me this is great fucking experimental I mean this is a southern rock fucking masterpiece to me I, yeah. love, I love that organ thrown in and oh my god when, when I, I believe it's uh, Pep that does that on the guitar you know when it kicks yeah. right before it kicks back in holy shit is that badass and it's just got like a sing-along chorus, you know, and like clapping in it and shit. But like, you say, I mean, there's something different about it. But to me, there's nothing sellout about it. You know, no. they, they they know, you know, you know, Shadow Stevens is not going to be announced this on America's Top Forty. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But to me, it's it's them. Like, you know, I can hear Skinner doing this song. You know? Yeah. You know, it's really got that southern rock and they've always had that southern rock element but here it's like really you know out front but what a great great fucking catchy song yeah they're the heavy metal Leonard Skinner to me dude oh yeah yeah incredible and and I love this one and then we change it up a bit with the next one Ghosts Along the Mississippi Holy fucking shit. Now, this is down through and through. This one can, this one can fit on Nola. This one can fit on any down album because this is what down's all about. Uh, it's just got that southern feel, that southern sludge. 
that pays just as much tribute to Southern rock as it does, you know, the New Orleans metal sound. That's ludgy, you know, that, that fucking, you know, uh, you know, you can hear the crowbar in here. You can hear the Pantera here. You know, you can, I hate, you can hear everything mixed into this one. Uh, and Phil just nailing his vocals on this are fucking incredible. Definitely, definitely a standout track. Oh, I, I just can't say enough good about this one. What you think? Man, this is my favorite song off this album. That beginning riff is just killer. And uh, I think Phil's voice is fantastic on this one. Um, this has always been my favorite song off this album. And uh, I just love the lyrics. I mean, some really deep lyrics on this song about, you know, the shit he was going through at the time with his drug use and everything. And, uh, man, um, just to any other song, I, I love all the songs on this album, but uh, this is definitely my favorite one, man. And this is like my go-to song on this album. You know, I cut the dragon's head off. You know, never thought a life could be so strange. And I guess my one a day became 10 or, 10 or 12 and more and more and more. And uh, the Ghost Along the Mississippi, what a killer name. Um, never get tired of this one, man. I, I, I love it to death, dude. This this is uh, the best song in the album to me. Nice. I, I do love that one. All right. Well, I'll take the next one. Learn from my mistakes. Uh, or, or learn, learn from this mistake. I'm sorry. Uh, holy shit! Is this a fucking heart wrenching masterpiece? God damn! This song is so it, it's it's heartfelt. It's trippy, and you can't fake this shit. You know what I mean? This is. This is uh, Phil being brutally honest about this time in his life. And I love the line about, you know, uh, what was it? Push the plunge, could, you know, uh, change your life, you know, forever. And next could end it all together. You know, something like, I know I'm fucking it up. But, uh, yeah. Wow. What a, what a great heroin song. You know, and at least he's being honest. Like, hey, he's he's not glorifying it. You know, he's no, showing you how he's just stuck. He's showing you how seductive it can be, but he's also saying, "Hey, learn learn from this mistake." You know, uh, amazing fucking track, man. I, I love the trippy vibe on this, man. And the, and the there's a lot of trippy shit on this album, man. and learn from this mistake is fucking incredible. What do you think? Yeah, I totally agree with you on this song, man. I, um, this this one is is definitely a, a deep one. And, um, you know, I always go back to this. Uh, somehow it comforts and relaxes me, even though it's talking about some heavy subject matter. It's just got that trippy, mellow vibe to it. And it's uh, a rare, slow song for down. You know, there's no junkie out there with a happy ending. It consumes and haunts you like the devil. Um, great lyrics in this one, man. Um, killer guitar solos from uh, Pepper and Kirk in this song too, man. I love the soft way it ends, and uh, it's just a great song. I think it's a totally masterpiece song, man. And um, heavy subject matter, and um, a heavy song, but but mellow at the same time. 
and um you know just one of the best songs on this album for sure man i never get tired of hearing it dude oh yeah well, why don't you take the next one beautifully depressed okay i love the way the groovy guitars start out here um and the lyrics letting the vultures surround me when i'm dead what a great line you know the song uh sounds like it could have been a, another single as well yeah clocks in under five minutes as the guitar solo closes out this song and um i i just think uh it's got a really good groove to it again it's like that heavy metal leonard skinner man and um i just always love the southern vibe of this band and um you know everybody in this version this band are just top-notch musician and talent man and you talk about you know putting together a super band or whatever you want to call it with guys from different bands i mean they couldn't have did no better metal as far as this band man and uh, just proof of it right here on this song beautifully depressed just killer song dude Oh, and you hit the nail on the head too I mean what an amazing uh, super group you know not all of them are cream a lot of them are like the firm <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. And, and, and this one it truly deserves a title of super group because everybody uh, who's ever been in this band throughout the different lineups I feel like has pulled their weight and, yeah and, absolutely and, and you know there, there's no you know you're not carrying anybody in this band everybody brings what they have to offer and uh and amazing like i love like pat bruders that's in the band now not only is he a super nice guy but a hell of a bass player uh he was great I, you know i saw i got to see him with crowbar when he was in crowbar this band and uh everybody who's been a music festival i mean i'm sorry beautiful press I fucking love this one. To me, this is one that sounds like it could have came off uh, the first album. You know? Yeah. It, it, it's just classic fucking down. I, I mean, they they do have a sound, and I love that. Even when they do the more experimental shit. And I think this is by far the most experimental album. But it always feels like down to me. That, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's what they've created it is amazing uh and, and i love all their albums some i love more than others but i don't think they've ever made a horrible album even the, the, the eps are solid and i really really hope that this uh anniversary tour of nola you know i i hope inspires them to get back in the studio and, and, and do something yeah, that's online with these first two because the first two are my favorite me too and you know I love three. Three is great, uh, and and I love both the EPs, uh, but these first two are, are very special, very special. And stuff I'll listen to to the day I die. And after beautifully depressed, we have the amazing where I'm going. Man, oh man, the intro to this song, the beginning. Oh my, it's fucking country as a chicken coop. And I fucking love it, with, you know, the, the the banjo on there and stuff, and the way it kicks in. And again, what a trippy, drugged out fucking album. And I, I'm not, uh, I'm not a heroin guy, 
I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, not. You know, I would never. Uh, uh, you know, I wouldn't even joke about telling somebody, "Hey, try some heroin." You know. So, yeah. No. No. Uh, God damn it! Take some psychedelics and listen to this fucking song. <laughs> I'm all Shrooms. about. I'm all about shrooms and, and clean LSD if you can find it. It's almost impossible, but, uh, you know, don't get that fucking, uh, you know, that acid that's got the strychnine in it. That's the bullshit, you know, because you're feeling the back of the neck and the grit and teeth. Better, just stick with mushrooms. Get some mushrooms. Find a cow patty and get some goddamn mushrooms and listen to where I'm going. Holy fuck. I mean, it's so... The musicality of this song, and and the way they add the different instruments and stuff like that, and and, and the mellow—I mean, it's so mellow, but it's still fucking heavy. It, it's yeah. heavy, heavy lyrically. It's heavy emotionally. I, I mean, where the, where this takes you—I mean—and this is something I could listen to. Uh, you know, it's funny—a a, a title like the the previous song, "Beautifully Depressed." There is some. There's a lot of depressing subject matter in this album, but I never listen to this album and get like depressed. If anything, I just I, just, I enjoy the, the the music to me. It is so uplifting. Even you know from the heavy songs to the mellow songs, it just it, it fills me with fucking joy. But there's deep messages in here, you know, that I think people should listen to. Uh, where I'm going is a fucking masterpiece. A master, and I would really love to see whenever they do a new album again. I would love to see some more experimental and different type shit like this because they do it to the hilt. They they do it perfectly. What do you think of where I'm going? Man, I, I love it. I love the way it starts out with the with the banjo. Um, it's something I didn't expect to hear the first time. You know, heard this album. You know, with a banjo and everything. Um, but as uh, far as I can understand, the song is about Phil and his first wife breaking up. Uh, Opal, I think her name was. And uh, yeah, she was in a... Yeah, Stephanie Opal. She had that band Southern Isolation. Oh, which, uh, I'm glad you they're good Because I was going to bring it up if you didn't. If, if you guys can get your hands on that. And if anybody's interested out there and you can't find it. Because it was never officially released. But hit me up, and, and I'll hook people up with that, because that's really good shit. Really yeah. Good. Yeah, I totally agree, man. I, I got a Mr. X like you got a Mr. X, and uh, you hooked me up with Southern Isolation. Uh, <laughs> damn, it's been like years ago, dude. And, um, you know, I really dug that, man. I, I thought that was great. And, um, you know, Phil did a few songs all, on there, from what I remember. It's been a while since I listened well, to it. but um, I believe he played on it. He played on everything, but, but did vocals on a few songs, like, you know, singing along with her. But, oh, yeah, that's some really... If you like songs like this, you're, you're going to love Southern Isolation. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. And I even think she was in his uh, his black metal band, uh, Viking Crown. And... Uh, I don't know if you ever heard that, man, but I, man, I love some black metal and um, I like isn't that uh, Nephloglia or I don't even know how you pronounce that thing. I think she might have been Necrophaga. Yeah. Necrophaga or something she like that. Been in that. 
Yeah, I, I know briefly they had this biking crown thing going, and uh, man, it sounded so lo-fi, like uh, like some old Venom and everything, man. And uh, you know, he's a big Venom fan. I, I'm a big Venom fan. I love them from way back in the day, and um, you know, man, I just love everything he does, whether it's black metal or death metal or the Southern Isolation stuff. I mean, but Phil's got me covered as far as I'm concerned, man. Just, you know, if I want to hear a certain style of music, I'm like, okay, Phil's got it covered. And, uh, you know, it's just always the best in that style to me, man. I, I fucking love Scoured that he put out the, the, the death metal. But, uh, yeah, this this song, man, just uh, it's really haunting, and, and he's talking about them breaking up and you know getting a divorce and everything, and so it's got some really heavy subject matter to it. And um, you know, I like I said, I didn't expect it on there. It's very experimental, but that's why I love this album so much because I thought they branched out a little bit, and it, um, I love the first album. But this one's just got a lot more experiment experimentation on it and um man i really love this song it's a very haunting song and um oh, yeah. you know just a good track man definitely a good track oh hell yeah well i'll take the next one do bitterlude oh my god do i love this one and uh yeah again i i think when i did the review with ralph i, I think he didn't care for the the few instrumentals but they were jokes or waste of time and that's a, if you guys want to hear those, let Ralph know. Maybe he'll release those episodes that we did that, that never got released. I think the fans would like to hear those. If he yeah. Still, if, if, if he still has them. So you guys can still talk to Ralph. Let him know. And uh, maybe maybe he can release those. But uh, as far as I'm concerned, man, I love this. And I, I, I just, I love... It reminds me of something you'd hear on a Black Sabbath album in the 70s. You know, just some weird, funky, you know, and it fits perfect on this album with all the the, the different types of songs they have on this, because you do have the fucking heavy shit. You have the classic sounding down stuff, and you have, you know, all the experimental shit. So to me, it makes perfect sense and totally deserves to be on the album. What do you think? Man, I love Doob Interlude, man. I, I loved it right away. And hey, you know, man, when, you, when you're catching a nice buzz and everything, you're just laying back listening to this album. I mean, it's a perfect interlude. And uh, I don't know how anybody couldn't like this, dude. It's just, you know, it's just a nice little interlude. And it does remind me really heavy of the uh, classic Black Sabbath albums with those little interludes that, uh, you know, they would put in there in between songs and everything. And that's what a dead reminds me of. And um, man, you oh, can't yeah. burn one, burn one to this one, you know. I know it makes me wish I could still smoke weed, man. I'm such a man. I, I quit smoking weed professionally years ago, and and now the shit the kids smoke. Oh man, I've got no, I've got no tolerance, and the shit is so strong, man, it's gonna put me right to sleep. But God damn it, it, it still makes me want to smoke up listen to this and, and pass out listening to this song. I fucking love it. And what I love even more is the way it lines up the next song. New Orleans is a dying whore. Oh my God. Do I love this fucking song. And I love what it says about my adopted city that I love. The city I'm, I'm, I'm going to die here. <laughs> you know? But this city is a dying whore. 
And, uh, oh my god. It was probably, it was even more of a dying whore when they wrote this, you know, because this is pre-Katrina. And it, it's still a rough city, it's a beautiful city, uh, but there's a darkness here. There's a darkness here, and I love it, and I'm attracted to that, you know. Unfortunately, post-Katrina, there's been a lot of, like, rebuilding and making, you know, there's fucking Pinkberries and Starbucks where there really shouldn't be, <laughs> you know. But hopefully, maybe they'll go away, after, you know, after this coronavirus shit, and <laughs> they won't be in business anymore. Uh, but it, it does sing to the the people of the city. Uh, there, there's two types of people. There's people that are born in New Orleans and people that are born to be in New Orleans. And this this city will chew you up and spit you out if you're not prepared for it. Uh, I love it here, but you gotta be strong to make it in fucking New Orleans. Uh, you can't succumb to your demons if you because everything's here everything's yeah. here 24 hours a day and I mean you know I, I live above a bar that closes at 6 in the morning you know <laughs> and if I don't if I don't keep myself in check you know it, it's real easy to lose yourself here but it's part of the charm of the city man but you, you have to be strong and when I hear this it, it just just reminds me of everything I love, but the darkness I know about New Orleans, and I wouldn't trade it for the world, and I wouldn't trade this song for the fucking world. I love it, man. This this is some fucking sludge. This is this is New Orleans fucking metal. It's it's every. I mean, you, it, it's one thing to know this song and, and, and to hear it and to love it, but to live here. I think you really feel it a lot more. It's an incredible track. What do you think? Yeah, I think everything you just said about it, man, has got to be true. And I, I never got to visit New Orleans, but um, well, you got a uh, you got a place to crash if you want to. Well, hell yeah, man! If I ever make it that way, I'll, I'll totally take you up on that. And we'll <laughs> get drunk as shit, you know, and have a fucking good time, you know. Oh yeah, I got a guest room with a bed. You're always welcome at Casa de la Wide and bring the missus too. Well, hey, I appreciate that, man. And uh, you know, same this way. If you ever come come my way, man, you always got a place to crash here too, dude, man. Where, where are you at? I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I'm in Hope Mills, North Carolina, which is really Fayetteville, North Carolina. I mean, it's it's about to really become part of Fayetteville, North Carolina, but it's called Hope Mills, and uh, I'm like 15 minutes away from Fort Bragg, if that gives you an idea. All right, you a Tar Heels fan? Oh, no, I'm a Duke fan. I'm much too smart to be a Tar Heels fan. All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a Duke fan. Duke all the way, man. I fucking hate the Tar Heels, man. <laughs> Fuck them. And I, I, hate, I even hate that color. I hate baby blue. Just fucking shitty color, you know. And I, I always fucking hated the Tar Heels ever since I was a little kid, man. So, it, you know, when Duke and Carolina play, man, it's like the biggest fucking game of the year for us here, man. I mean, it's like the fucking Super Bowl twice a year, you know. So. <laughs> It's a huge game, man. It's one of the best rivalries in all of sports, I think, man. Just, um, you know, everybody around the country watches Duke and Carolina play because, like, nine times out of ten, it's going to go right down to the fucking wire every time. doesn't matter what our records are either. 
But uh, yeah, fuck the Tar Heels. Anybody's listening <laughs> to Tar Heels fan, fuck, fuck the Tar Heels. I, I like to call them the Tar Holes because they're fucking uh, assholes and fucking uh, Tar Heels. And uh, yeah, fuck them. I love the reason. <laughs> the reason I ask, man, is my, my best friends ever, man. He huge Tar Heels fan, you know, because of Jordan. You know. Oh yeah. And you know, we we grew up we grew up a little bit south of Chicago. So I was like, whenever I hear, you know, North Carolina, I always said that, but I forget about Duke. That's awesome, man. And I, I love fucking sports, man. I hope sports come back soon. Uh, yeah, God, I, yeah. I, 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 it, 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 it's bad when, you know, I, I go from Pornhub to jerking off the NFL draft because it's sports. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, ah, uh, ah. Uh. <laughs> you know, you know I, I don't care if this guy's going to be a bust. I'm going to bust a nut because it's sports news. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, hopefully everything get somewhat back to normal by the end of the year. It's it's weird because the, the day I really realized this shit was getting bad is I'll turn on the news and at like 12 o'clock they're talking about well the ACC tournament might have to be played without fans and then like five or ten minutes later like oh. Uh, we're canceling the ACC tournament, and then like ten minutes later, like we're canceling the whole NCAA March Madness, and then by like twelve thirty, every goddamn sport on the planet was canceled. <laughs> you know, I was like, "Fucking hell, what the fuck is going on?" You know, and that's when I really realized, "Oh man, this shit is like really fucking terrible." You know, it exactly, just shut down like, the whole goddamn like, country. I'm not gonna watch The Bachelor. What the fuck's going on? I need sports. <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Shut down the fucking Bachelor and American Idol and all that <laughs> bullshit. You know, but goddamn, play the NCAA turn. Everybody waits for March Madness all year. Just like, damn, you know, it's going to be weird to see shit played without fans. Because I thought, you know, how are they even going to do that? That's going to be yeah, weird. Yeah, but then, yeah, I don't, I don't know. So, what, what's your football team? You, you Panthers fan? Cowboys. Cowboys. Okay. Cowboys. Cowboys right. fan, yeah, yeah, Cowboys fan. All right, well, you got the guy that we thought we were going to get, man. I thought we were going to get uh, CD, and you guys ended up getting him. And we, and, yeah. you know, my my team's the Raiders, as everybody knows. So uh, we'll we'll see uh, we'll see who made the right pick, but uh, uh, CD looked pretty good to me. So, well, man, I've always you know I always respected the Raiders because there's just something fucking cool about the Raiders with their mystique, man, and Stabler and and just um, oh, yeah. the you know the black and silver. Like you know, I don't know how you could not like the Raiders. You know, they're not like a team I hate. You know, like the Skins or the Giants or something. You know, they just got they always had that mystique to them, and you know, always had like the kick-ass fans. You know, so. I got nothing against the Raiders whatsoever. Never like disliked them and everything. And uh, you know, fuck Madden was their coach. I mean, back in the seventies, and you know, he's one of the best all time. So I got nothing against the Raiders, dude. That that that's when I fell in love, man. Because late seventies, that's when uh, I lived out in California, and the Raiders were the meanest, nastiest team. And my whole family basically disowned me because they're all Bears fans. And, uh, but man, I've I, I stuck with the Raiders since '78, and uh, they're my team for better or for worse. I know a lot of people see them as a, a laughing stock because people don't remember history. They don't remember. Right. They, they, they know, like, hey, we went to the Super Bowl and got our asses handed to us in 2002, you know, and since then it's been a tough road. But 
you know, you, you stick by your team, you know? Right, and, right. And, uh, you know, fuck, I, I, I hate, I hate that we're in Vegas. I hate that shit. I hate that shit, but I'm sticking by, you know, sticking by my team. You know? Yeah, when I, f- I heard him say Las Vegas Raiders, and I was like, what yeah, the fuck, dude? It, it, it don't even sound right. It don't even sound right. But, man, I tell you what, you ever do come down here, uh, I got to introduce you to my friend. He's a huge fucking Cowboys fan. He's originally from North Louisiana. And a lot of North oh. Louisiana uh, are, are Cowboys fans. And he's a super cool dude, man. And, oh, man. We could have a lot of fun, you and the missus ever come down here. We got to give a shout-out to your missus because she's on the Facebook page, too. Yeah, yeah. I got a wonderful, wonderful woman, man. And, um... You know, she she's the love of my life, and she's just as cool as shit. And um, she's definitely going to check this episode out uh, when when you get it put up and everything. And she knows I was really excited, man, for like this whole past week. Like, I'm going to be on in. I'm going to be on the combat page because as soon as we started dating, I'm just like, I love the fucking combat podcast. That's my show. And then I talked about you guys a lot. Dude. You know, she definitely knows your name. That's for sure, dude. And, oh and, uh, yeah. She's, yeah. And, and, and she's on the page too. I mean, give, give her a shout out, man. You gotta talk about. Well, her name is Cherry Gettys, and and um, she we. I couldn't be a happier guy or a luckier guy. I mean, I just got the most beautiful, you know, loveliest, sweetest, smartest girlfriend that I could ask for. Like I couldn't ask for anybody better, and. Um, She's just as cool as hell, loves metal, and, um, you know, she, her family, they're all wonderful, and um, they're like family to me, too, and her sisters and her dad and, and everybody. Um, I just couldn't ask for, for um, nicer people, nicer family, and they're, they're so good to me, and she's so good to me, and actually, she's coming over tomorrow night. It's the first time we've got to spend some time alone in a few months now. So um, I'm definitely looking forward to that, dude. You can believe that. Oh, hell yeah. That's going to trump this, I guarantee. And oh, oh yeah. Laugh. People are going to laugh like, why is he bringing up James' girlfriend? You know, but it has something to do with this because... I've noticed, you know, you've been on the page for a long time, and we've been friends on, on Facebook for a long time, and the way I've noticed your happiness since you've been with her, you can tell, like, from your posts and everything, you're in a good place, and you're very happy, yeah. and that, that goes to Kirk. I've known Kirk for a long time and been friends with him, and, man, the girl he's with now, oh, my God. He is in such an amazing place. I remember seeing him. Uh, I'm trying to remember what crowbar outfit was. Uh, I might have been Sever the Wicked Hand. And I was talking to him. And I was like, man, your attitude on Facebook and the way I see you post, you were like night and day. Like how happy you are. And I, I joked with him. I said, man, I was scared the new, new album was going to sound like poison. Because you're so happy. Oh, yeah. And you're so positive online. And he's like, oh, no, that ain't happening, brother. That ain't happening. <laughs> he goes, we're still pro bar. But, nah, man, that goes like, man, you get the right woman by your side. All things are possible, man. And I've seen that happen with rock stars. And I've seen it happen with you. And, 
I want, you know, I think that's cool, and I wanted to give her a shout out because she's very active on the page. Yeah, I really appreciate that, man. I, you know, I was definitely gonna give her a shout out either way by the end of the episode because, um, yeah, I know, I know you guys talk sometimes, and uh, oh, she's yeah. on the page, and um, she's just as cool as she can be, and as wonderful as she can be, man. And um, you know, since I've, I've I've been with her, you know, I, I definitely am a lot happier guy, and um, just can't say enough good things about her she's a wonderful woman and uh, i'm a lucky guy man uh-huh. and uh definitely and gonna make the best of times tomorrow night you can believe that oh, oh. And, tr- and wait till she hears this episode you're gonna get laid relayed and parlayed yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right man. well back to the album like hey we always be here man there's nothing wrong with that but why don't you take the next track to see that which you're gonna be dropping tomorrow well, well, I didn't do New Orleans as a dying whore, did I? Oh, you didn't? I don't I'm think sorry. I did. Uh, no, that's all right. Well, <clears throat> some of my notes we already talked about. You know, obviously, it's about New Orleans and you know where Phil and Kirk and Jimmy are from. Um, and uh, told you about meeting them with Super Joint, you know, twice and meeting Phil twice, which was awesome. And you know that's where you live and. Um, the opening riff is so fucking heavy, man. Like you said, the song is just so damn heavy and crushing, man. And this is a definitely a down all the way song. All the instruments sound great. I like the way this album's produced, man. I love the sound of it, and uh, they always got yeah killer production on this, man. I don't care if they were all drugged out on whatever. I thought they fucking did an outstanding job. And, this song just jams. It's definitely a fucking headbanger and uh, awesome lyrics, too. And every time I hear this song, since I met you, New Orleans is dying. I always think about you, man, because you live in New Orleans. <laughs> everything. I think about my friend in New Orleans, man. So, yeah, that, that's pretty much what I got to say about that song. So, jamming to you, man. Awesome. All right. Well, now I'm going to take a fist break. How you All doing? right. You need another one, too? <laughs> well, I tell you what. Since you're going, I'm going to go. <laughs> Sounds good, brother. Be back. All right. All right. Okay, dude, I'm back. Right on, right on. You have a good time so far, brother? Oh, absolutely, dude. I'm on my uh, fifth beer, I think. Awesome. I'm not, keep, I'm not keeping you up too late, am I? Nah, nah, it's all it's all good, man. I had I had this I had this six pack stashed away. Those were those were for when I talked to my friend Ian. So <laughs> awesome. been looking at him for for about a week. I'm like, nah, I'm not touching him. Not touching him until until I get on a podcast. So yeah, I'm letting awesome. him fly now. That's for sure. Well, I'm having a good time, man. I think this is a fucking killer fucking episode. I love it. Me too. Thank you so much, dude. Oh, you are more than welcome. Thank you. Thank you. All right, you ready to go back into it? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm on. We're on the seed, right? The seed. All right. Yeah, I was. All right. All right. Well, what? Why don't you take the next song, the seed? Well, man, you know this one's about some smoking some Mary Jane, and uh, you know uh, I got no problem with that. Put it that way. Um, like you were saying earlier, you know that shit they smoke now. Oh man, I can take like a drag or two off that, and I'm like annihilated for like half a day. <laughs> you know, 
That shit is fucking strong, dude. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how anybody can smoke that shit all day, like every day. I'm just like an occasional smoker, like I am a drinker. And, uh, you know, usually a little bit of regular is good enough for me, man. You know, my advanced age, let's say that. Because, man, that shit they smoke now, dude. You know, you just look at that shit and you get stoned, dude. I mean, holy shit, man. Like, I... I'm glad I didn't even smoke any before I did this episode. That shit would just make me fucking clam up, you know. Like, it, it damn, it's strong now. But, uh, you know, Phil's always been one promoting the weed. And, um, you know, it's uh, something I've done for a long time, too. So I'm a little familiar with it. But uh, it's like a rallying cry to all the, the weed heads out there, you know. And I like the way it starts out with the, the power of the riff compels me. And uh, what an awesome line, you know. And um, in my opinion, weed needs to be legalized in all the states. I mean, it's legalized in like most of the states now. It's like, what the fuck, dude? It's, to me, it's not anything worse than alcohol. You know, it's just, just kind of ridiculous at this point. And um, this is definitely a song that makes you want to fire one up and just lay back. And uh, I remember when I saw them on, on this tour, I definitely remember them playing this this song. And, oh, uh, wow. They put yeah, 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 yeah. We remember that. We were kind of looking to see if they play that or not. And uh, I don't think they opened our show up with it, but uh, I, I know they did play it. Uh, I think they opened a few shows up with this one actually on that tour. I think they changed the set list around a little bit from what I remember. But um, yeah, this is this is a jamming song, man, and this is this is such a down song right here. It's reminiscent of the Nola album to me. It could have fit right there on the Nola album to me, and uh, it's just got a good groove. It's got a good vibe to it, and uh, I just think the band just tears it up on this one, man, and. Uh, the lyrics are great, and Phil's singing's great. It's uh, definitely one of the best songs on this album to me, man. And uh, one to fire it up to, for sure. Well, I dig this song. Uh, to me, it's it's killer filler. I think it's per- perfectly placed. I think this one deserves to be on side two, and I, I love where it's positioned. The song's positioned. I don't think it's a standout track. Uh, you know, this, this is one of the final four. I think the first three plus this one are the ones I'm on the fence about. But I, I do love to see you. And I do miss some weed. I did say when I was younger and I used to smoke weed, I used to bitch about Mexican dirt weed. But now I wish I had some Mexican dirt weed. Because <laughs> this shit right. is not down. Uh, like, I get too fucking paranoid, man. <laughs> me like, oh, too, dude. Me oh, too. It does shit. the same fucking thing to me, dude. Oh, shit, yeah. My, my ex used to joke, she goes, you know how I know you're drunk? You know, she's like, because you want to smoke weed. Because <laughs> for a long time, she smoked weed a hell of a lot more than me. And uh, she knew that when I was fucked up. And I was like, yeah, let me try some of that uh, reefer you get there so into it. Right? And, and I'd be passed the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, it's strong, man. It's so fucking strong compared to you know what we used to smoke in our twenties, man. Like oh, just yeah. Mexican weed now is fine with me, man. I'm good with that. I just want to catch a little buzz. I don't want to get like yeah. fucking blindsided, you know. Yeah, keep the Chinese drywall. Give me the Mexican weed, and I'll be fine. <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. Totally. But, uh, I just want to catch a little happy buzz. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't really like. 
This shit have you hiding under your bed and shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like you fucking took some acid or something, you know? Uh, it's fucking yeah, strong. And, you, and you didn't know about it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, uh, but no, I, I, I dig this song. I, I, I dig it. I, like, out of the four that I, you know, like, ee, about, uh, man, I, I really dig the seed. Uh, and, and again, to me, it's not standout, but where it's at, it's perfect. And then we go into a song that is just, you know, mind blowing to me. Fucking lies. I don't know what they say, but holy shit! Here we go back to the trip. God damn it! Give Uncle Drunkle some fucking hallucinogenics already, man, because this is perfect for that. I love the flow of this. I, I love the the bass line. I mean, to me, this this is a masterpiece. And, and this shows like where this band can go because they can do NOLA and they can do the fuck out of NOLA but they can do a lot more too and, and this is a perfect example uh, god damn again what a fucking drug album and, oh and, yeah and this, is, this is one man just you know take some acid clean acid Take some shrooms, listen to this, get in your fucking happy place, uh, you know, either, you know, by yourself or with friends you try. I mean, there's nothing like tripping with, like, good friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, friends will be, like, like, when you're tripping hard, like, you got that friend that'll, like, you know, calm you down, make sure you don't lose your shit. You put on a song like this, and, you know, you, you could have, like, heavy metal playing on the TV and shit, you know, the cartoon and stuff, and just, or a fucking yellow submarine or some shit, you know, and, yeah. you know, just, you know, listen to this, uh, just a beautiful, beautiful masterpiece of a song, absolutely love it, what do you think? Dude, I totally agree about this song, I mean, man, I, I love the way the acoustic guitar lines start out, and with that jazzy kind of feel going on with Rex's oh, killer yeah. bass lines, you know, do, 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 them. Do, 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 do. yeah, yeah, it's like down going jazzy or something, and um, the, the, the middle breakdown with electric guitars kicking, man, I mean, I love those riffs, it's another excellent song in this album, and it definitely... Is it's, it's a tripping song for sure, man. It, it you know, um, you could say I'm I've uh, in my past I was well versed with uh, acid and shroom, so uh, yeah. yeah, I totally get what you're saying, dude. And uh, believe me, I did my fair share and uh, about 10 other people's worth of uh, that, so uh, yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely get that. I couldn't tell you how many hundreds of times I watched a fucking wall tripping, dude. And uh, <laughs> holy shit you know that natural born killers all you know just the, the, the tripping shit and uh and uh man there's nothing like especially when i was younger just you know tripping some good acid and uh definitely know about the, the strict nine death you can get some good clean acid man or, or um some shrooms and uh listen to something like this man i mean it uh, well, it's a total masterpiece song for me, and it uh, definitely puts me in that mood, man. While I reminisce about it, it's been it's been quite a while since I've done anything like that, but uh, definitely, man, I I can definitely dig what you're saying on this song, man. It, that's what it reminds me of too, is and, and I can imagine those guys in there recording to eat some damn shrooms or some acid or something, just having a ball. And hey, let's do a fucking acid song, you know? This is what this is what pops out, you know? Yeah. 
But, but what's so awesome too is, is as much as the song, you know, that you can see like losing your mind to and, and just you know totally getting into another stratosphere. Um, the lyrics are very on point, and it's still a very poignant song. I mean, I mentioned earlier about Phil's lyrics, and this album has some of his best of all. I mean, I put up the lyrics on this album against the best Pantera lyrics. I mean, he was really, you know, for a point in time in his life that, you know, he'll even admit was a little bit off the rails. As far as being a musician and delivering, vocally, lyrically, everything, this motherfucker was, to me, this is almost the height of his career. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I mean, he was just on fire. On fire. I mean, personal life might have been someplace else, but what he laid down on tape on this, holy shit. You know, and we ain't even done with this motherfucker. But we'll go into no. the next little interlude that, god damn, I love this motherfucker. And again, fits perfect within the context of the album. Uh, Flambeau's jamming with St. Og. Uh, you know, this is another Jimmy Bauer instrumental, and I love it because it's kind of, to me, it's, it's a joke on on uh, Bonzo's mantra. You know, it's called right. Lambo. You know, you know, but it has that kind of, you know, for those people who were such Led Zeppelin fans, they bought Coda. <laughs> know how the drums sound on on Bonzo's mantra? Uh, that that's kind of how the drumming sounds on this one. And I love it. It's just fucking around in the studio and, and adding some different bells and whistles and joking around. But within the context of the album, it sounds perfect. Like, this is exactly what you want after Lies and what you want before the next song. Uh, I really dig it. What do you think, brother? Yeah, I love it, man. And this this, this uh, song starts out crazy and, and, and stays a little crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds like they're all in there just tripping on some damn psychedelics, just, you know, fucking getting that good sweat going and laying down some crazy shit, and it sounds kind of tribal a little bit. Now look, and, get uh, that good sweat going on. I, that good sweat. I, I know exactly what you fucking mean, brother. That's awesome. You know, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, yeah, and you're tripping about three or four hits, and you're going to drink a case of beer, and you're like, I'm not even even drunk yet, and you just keep right on drinking. Oh, yeah, dude, I'm, yeah, I've definitely been there many times, dude. uh, It's like, you ever ever got, like, really drunk on a Coke night, and and, and, and you just keep railing and you're drinking, but you don't feel any of it, and then when the Coke wears off, all of a sudden you are drunk as fuck? Yeah, yeah, I've been there too, dude. Yeah, you're just like, you just keep on drinking because you're like, oh, this shit's not even affecting me. I don't even got to fuck, I'm not drunk at all. Yeah, you're like, in the third grade, (laughs) you know, the next thing you know, your dick don't work and you're drunk as a motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, 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 like five in the morning, all of a sudden you're like, oh man, I am so fucking drunk. Oh, Oh, fuck, we just drank five cases of beer. That, yeah, that, is, uh, that is the worst. You stay up all night fucking partying, drinking, doing blow, psychedelics, whatever. The worst is when you take that piss at like 5 or 6 in the morning and you see your face in the mirror like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, my God. Dude. I'm a fucking ghost, but I'm feeling good. 
<laughs> yeah, 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 dude. Oh, oh man, I, uh, I, I when I, I stayed down in another town from where I'm at right now, and um, a buddy of mine, man, is out in the country. So uh, he had some cow pastures out there, man. The shrooms just grew all over his cow pasture, dude, and we would just eat shrooms all night long and we had a guy a friend of his come down from new york and he would bring like the best acid down and it was clean wasn't any of that strychnine shit and it just we just hang out at this place way out in the woods and uh he had a trailer set up just for partying dude and we just hang out there all night just getting listen hammered to good, listen to good music and shit yeah, yeah, we get a, a fire going outside and have the jam box going and everybody's tripping and running around half naked in the fucking fields, losing their minds, you know, and <laughs> man, you know, there's some good ass times, man, you know, and I, I, I wouldn't trade any of it for the world, man, we had, we had killer times, man, and yeah, you know what I mean when you're talking about getting that good sweat going. Oh, yeah. Just, <laughs> Yeah, four or five in the morning, you're like, oh, you know, maybe I did a little too much. Oh, fuck it, man. Let's pop up in that last case of beer. I'm, we're not drunk yet, you know. Just keep right on going, man, until the sun comes up. You know, that's a good night as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah. Got that shit-eating grin that you can't wipe off your face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. And every CD you listen to is like the greatest CD you ever heard. <laughs> yeah. That shit can make the elders sound good. <laughs> yeah. Well... Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't want to listen to that tripping, but you get what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, and it, it, this this one's got like the tribal drums on it, man. And like you said, Jimmy Bowers just a a really super talented drummer, man, and totally underrated as far as I'm concerned, man. Oh yeah, hell yeah. All right, well, why don't you take the next one, Dog Tired? Oh man. uh damn the song jams it's down firing on all cylinders you know damn i love the main riffs and pepper and kirk are just tearing it up on this song man and uh, i you know i love alder i love crowbar love coc you can hear a little bit of that creeping in you know um because they're main songwriters in those bands and um it's another song I, I, you know, I, I would have picked for a single. It, it rocks, and you know, three minutes and 19 seconds of just bliss to me, man. I think it's definitely probably in my top three uh, off this album, and sometimes my favorite song off this one. This is definitely one of the best tracks on, on this album for sure. Well, I gotta say, I agree with you a thousand percent on this one. And this is the song that I feel should have opened up the album. Uh, I really do. I think this would have been a fantastic opener. It would have been a great fucking single. Uh, again, it's down through and through. It's a little bit different than what you heard on Nola, but it, it, it's close enough. There's just something about this, man, and the riff. And, uh, I love the way you got the echo vocals. Uh, with Phil, you know, it's, oh my God, that I mean, this this to me is a perfect down song. Yeah, you know, it, it's different than like you know, Lifer and, and shit like that, the Temptation of Wings, but it's just as good in a different way, and it's still yeah. down. And it's just like, how is this the 14th song on the fucking album? You know, is what I don't understand. You know, how is this not you know? 
front load shit. Because it's such a strong fucking song. And, and man, you want to talk about signal potential. This is one I really think could reach across. Without being a sellout, without, you know, and, you know, I'm grasping for something, just a natural fucking jam. But this is one I can see people who aren't necessarily into this shit. Like, you know, this is another one, like an older generation that, that's more into, like, you know, your fucking Skinner and your Molly Hatch and your Blackfoot and shit like that. You know, yeah. it, it's got enough, you know, metal in it and it's got enough Southern rock in it. It's just, this is a perfect fucking track. I cannot say enough good about dog time but there is an epic track that uh that ends this album and you are my very special honored guest so i'm gonna let you take landing on the mountain man this song is so epic um it's the perfect album closer to me you know phil singing here is so fucking good man the acoustic guitar sounds so beautiful and they, they're so clear. Um, the way it, 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 so, it slows down just mellows me out. This song sounds so great in a car stereo. And uh, it's where I spent a lot of my time listening to this album when it first came out, riding around with my friends, you know, and uh, jamming this to their car stereo, getting fucked up, having a good time. That's what it reminds me of every time I listen to it. And the, the guitars closing this song out are just, they're, they're beautiful to me, man. It's just, just the best way for me to describe it. And um, being a guitar player myself for all my life, I just, uh, this is one of the best tracks on this album too. And, and it's just, it's so beautiful, man. It, um, I, it, it's just epic and um, I can't say enough about this song. Um, you can just lay back, you know, at the end of the night, put this one on, and it can just lull you right off to sleep, you know, with this one. And, um, man, I don't know how anybody can not like this song, honestly. I don't know how you feel about it, but to me, I don't know how you can just not like this song. These guys are so talented and they're such good players, you know. I just love when they break down and do the acoustic guitar stuff because they're so fucking good. That, that's what I think, dude. Oh, I, dude, I mean, you, you summed it up perfectly. This is a fucking masterpiece, and uh, this deserves to be right there with, you know, to a lot of people, uh, you know, like their epic track would be like Stone the Crow or Bury Me in Smoke. Uh, yeah. This is just as epic as those two songs. And uh, there's no no other song that could end this album and I've said this a million times in the show you know the, the perfect kind of track you want to end the album is the one that makes you want more and, and that's how it is when, when, when this is done you want to move the needle or start the CD over rewind the fucking tape whatever you gotta do uh, you know and you want to experience this all over again uh, and my favorite part on this is you know you know, you're, you're a guitar player. I'm a very horrible rhythm guitar player. I love the way you, you hear the fingers slide on the strings. And yeah. The way this is produced, when you hear it, it just sounds so real and so fresh and so live. 
but at the same time, there's a lot of bells and whistles to the song. You know, the you know the, the background vocals from it's then white, and you know, al- almost like an orchestra, like you hear, uh, like like superstars uh, from from Sabbath. I mean, this song just has everything. And it's, sometimes you hear about you know like you got you know ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag. Well, well here you got like. 20 pounds of shit in a 20 pound bag like everything fits they threw in the kitchen sink on this song but there's room for all of them yeah it it just works it's it's majestic it's fucking epic you know this is you know like what most people consider like you know shit songs like stairway or stargazer or, you know shit like that you know songs that people hold up in this epic upper echelon of, of music I think this song is right there and unfortunately this album just doesn't get the credit doesn't get the respect uh, and it's not just you know songs like Land on the Mountains of Megiddo I mean there's other songs on here that are just as powerful but this is like the the epic and when I think about this album there might be other songs that I, I, I'm more prone to go to and, you know, like, oh, yeah, I want to hear that. But to sum up this, like, if there was a song to sum up this whole album, it would be this. You know, this this is down. This is how experimental they got, how perfect they got, how drugged out it is. I mean, wow. What a way to fucking end an album. Holy yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's a masterpiece. Yeah, this, this is like a, a rare case where where you reach for something and you actually grab it. You know, like, like you could tell like where they were trying to go with this and they did it. And they did it in fucking spades. Amazing. I agree. Yeah, it's just it's up there with, to me with Stairway and like uh, No Quarter from Led Zeppelin. And this is it's just one that's their epic version of, of those songs to me and um, I, I think it's every bit as good in its own way awesome well we agree what a way to fucking end an album and on that note that is our review of down to a bustle in your hedge grill released March 26 2002 uh, produced by down and Warren Riker and uh Man, I think we both agree this is a fucking hell of an album that does not get the respect it deserves. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, you were talking about rearranging the tracks, maybe. I don't know, man. Maybe I, I'll sit there and play around with it a little bit and rearrange them a little bit and see what I think. Because, I mean, I love every song on this album, but I, I kind of see your point about the first couple songs not starting out with that punch. And I remembered... When Dog Tired come on there to the end of the album, I was like, motherfucker, man, this is a fucking killer song, man. I can't believe it's towards the end of the album. So I kind of see your point in a way, man. Uh, there, there's some really great shit towards the latter part of the album. And, and, and it's all, all opinion. I mean, some people could hear this as perfect. Some people, uh, you know, no matter what, how you rearrange it, they'll be like, oh, it's not Nola. Uh, and no, it's not. It's its own beast, it's awesome but uh you know i'd rather not change a thing than not have this album in my life because it's a very important album to me 
and something you know I, I never go a few months without listening to this album I mean it's just that fucking good uh, oh yeah dude yeah yeah I'm constantly listening to Down and Pantera dude I, I don't go more than like a week <laughs> without listening to something from Phil you know oh yeah and 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 I want to thank you for being part of this brother because uh, I, I mean I, I, I know a lot of the you know the, the other Pantera Phil episodes we've done we've had Kirsten Topoween with us who I love and uh, man that's a guy who's uh, probably even more passionate about Phil than even we could be uh, but to do this particular album man there was nobody more perfect than you so I want to thank you for joining me for this man it means a lot brother well, I want to thank you too, man. It, it means the world to me, man. Um, you know, I, I I didn't want to ask you, but I was like, damn, man, if you need somebody to do that down two episode, fuck, I would, be, <laughs> I would love to do that. And when you asked me, I was like, oh, fuck, yeah. I started taking notes right away, dude, that same day. I was like, I, when he says go, I'm going to be fucking ready, man, because, uh, you know, I, I love pantera and down and and pretty much all of phil's man's man and uh you know he's just my guy and uh i am like with him like you are about roth and roth is like really close behind phil to me too man so we we both got a lot of the same similar tastes that's that's for sure and um i'm just happy to have been on this episode this is the best fucking music review podcast there ever will be to me, your podcast and royalty to me, and um, man, it's just it's the honor is all mine, man. I really mean that, dude. Well, I appreciate it, man, and that's what these, uh, you know, these ending episodes of Rock and Metal Combat podcast are all about. You know, about you know the, the fans, the people around the page, you know, the people who always listen to the show, and uh, I, I know I made the right choice with having you on this and, and I've got some great episodes coming up with some great guests and uh, you know I'm pretty proud so far of who I picked and uh, this one worked out fantastic and I can't wait uh, for everybody else you know fans of Rocky Metal Combat Podcast to listen to this and uh, I want to thank you brother thank you so much for, for joining me well, thank you too, man, and uh, and thanks to everybody on the page, man. It really is to me like a big family. I made so many new friends on there, and uh, you know, I've, man, I've got so much enjoyment out of the combat podcast, man. I mean, really, when I got into it, it is my favorite show in all of media, and I really mean that, dude. Like, there's nothing I look forward to more every week than than a new episode coming out. And um, I really love the way the new podcast is heading. You know, I love the artwork right away. I love the name. I think Joshua Toomey, he's awesome. And I think you both have a chemistry together. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I love his show I've been listening to for the past year. And when you said you guys were hooking up, I was like, oh, man, that makes total sense. And um, I, I think that show is really going to go places, man. And I, I look forward to a new episode um, from that podcast every week. And, uh, you know, just just thank you for everything you do, man. I appreciate it, brother. All right, well, you've listened to this show long enough. You know where we're going next. And we're going to pick of the week. And uh, my pick of the week, you know, I, I, I like to switch shit up. 
this is a band I I discovered through my Mr. X. Uh, you're a band, and I'm always bad about this, and uh, I don't mean to insult people from uh, these northern countries uh, in England, but like Sweden and Finland and stuff like that, and Switzerland. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm the ugly American. They don't know that much. It's all kind of the same to me. But this is yeah, band, yeah. This, this is a band from that neck of the woods. And they're called Baby Woodrows. And it's just like, it's garage rock. It's like garage psychedelic rock. And man, uh, I, I took a chance on this band. I just saw like the description of them. And I was like, okay, I'll check that out. Because, you know, when I get with Mix, Mr. X, he knows what kinds of different shit I like. And when I see something that's like psychedelic rock or garage rock or stoner rock or desert rock you know there's so many labels and shit like that but i really gravitate because to, to me that says shit i want to hear when i'm on drugs <laughs> you know yeah, and, yeah. you know and, and just like you know like like something that at its core is basic rock and roll just tweaked a little here and there because I, I i love my metal i love my metal but as far as like new bands uh, you know, there's bands like Night Demon. I, I'm like, wow, this is awesome. And uh, God, what's the other one I really got into? What is it, Ambush or Am or something like that? I don't know. There's there's another band. It's like to me, like wow, this is like you know the '80s metal that I love. But there's not a lot of other new shit that reminds me of what I loved in the '80s. But at my basic core, I'm a, I'm I'm a Rolling Stones guy. I'm a Beatles yeah. guy. I like, I like rock and roll. If that's your foundation, you know, I'm down with it. Okay, I want, I just want to hear good rock and roll. Makes my ass shake a little bit. You know, singing about a chick. You know, either either the chick you love or the chick you lost. You know, just some good grooving kind of shit. And this band, I, I think it's amazing because to me, like rock and roll. It is a very like like an American thing, even though you know like you know <laughs> that some of the best bands came from England, of course like you know the Beatles and the Stones and the Who and shit like that. But at its core, it's very American, very you know, you know I don't know, you know just hits you in the hip, you know, more than the head, and that's what I like yeah. about these. And I'm and there's two albums I'm gonna recommend. Their first album from 2001 called Blows Your Mind and uh, I think it's like their fucking fifth or sixth album Third Eye Surgery from 2012 check these guys out Baby Woodrow's uh, if, if you go on YouTube you can find their songs I don't think they have a lot of videos uh, you know they're just saying a major label band but it's a band I think has a lot to say and uh, just good rock and roll man. if you just like good rock and there's a lot of trippy shit there and a lot of cool shit if you like retro rock and roll uh check out baby woodrose uh their first down blows your mind and third eye surgery 2012 those are my picks of the week all right well look i'm gonna go with one i know it's a band we already talked about and everything but uh man i really love this fucking band and that's uh super joint ritual Oh, yeah. And which, uh, which one? A lethal dose of American hatred. Hell yeah, dude. 
which I gotta say, I, I'm gonna let you talk about it. That's my favorite uh, Superdrug album. Me too, dude. Me too. I, oh, that fucking album from beginning to end, man. I, I adore that album. It just, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a mix of like, uh, I don't know, like punk and hardcore oh, and yeah. metal. Just take it and throw suicidal tendencies and a couple other metal bands in the blender and and uh i thought they kind of brought that back and i hadn't heard a band kind of do that style of music in a long time i thought it was brilliant and um you know so many great tracks waiting for the turning point you know dress like a target fuck man uh just so many good songs on that album man and um you know i saw them twice on that tour and I was like, fuck, man, you know, this is a really great new band. And I thought they kicked ass. And um, they were just uh, that original lineup with Phil and Hank the Third and Jimmy and those guys that just, uh, I thought they were just tight as hell. And it was just like no bullshit, no frills, fucking in your face music. And um, that's a great, great album. And, uh, the one before that, Use Once and Destroy, that's a pretty damn killer album too, man. So um, if, if anybody wants to check out something that's really a hardcore punk vibe to it um, with a hell of a singer, then, then check out Super Joint Ritual, man. I think they're just a great band and um, I'm kind of disappointed they're not continuing on and, and everything. Um, but that original lineup in the early 2000s, man, you just, you couldn't beat them for me, man. Uh, like, uh, yeah, of course I wanted some more Pantera, but if, hey, if they were going to break up and then, uh, that was like my next choice, you know, as far as checking out a band and, uh, man, they were fucking great live every time I saw them. They were just a kick ass band and, I don't think anybody that would be disappointed if they like some really heavy, straightforward shit. That's, that's a great fucking band to check out, dude. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. That's my favorite one. Uh, I mean, you listen you know, some of the bass tracks on there. I mean, and, and, and the first one, I mean, my favorite all-time super joint ritual song, Lowe's the Osmond. You know? Yeah. Oh, I, uh, they play that fucking live. But uh, Lethal Dose of American Hatred was just like, wow. And at the time that came out, too, you know, it was just like, oh, it was so good. Because, you know, Use Once and Destroy was stuff that, you know, a combination of demos and stuff that they involved since they first started. But when you talk about, like, a, a solid touring group, you know, you got the classic lineup. They toured on Use Once and Destroy, then went to the studio and did Lethal Dose of American Hatred, and you can tell, like, you know, like they had forged something on the tour, and they took it into the studio, you know, and yeah. I, I, I think that's what makes that one a more cohesive record, you know, it, that one truly sounds like a band, and that's what I love yeah. about that, and, you know, and, and I love the, the last one, Caught Up in the Gears of uh, application. Oh that yeah, that's good. a killer one too. That that was a good one too, but but to me, yeah, yeah. If I if I had to pick one, it'd be Lethal Dose of American Hatred. Great fucking man, it, it makes so many. And I just talked to this girl today, an ex girlfriend of mine. We're we're friends now, 
but uh, we went through an ugly split up, and I had this awesome fucking super joint dicky shirt. And those are my favorite shirts to get in shows. When you get like right. dickies, the button up shirts, those are my favorite. And I had this awesome fucking super joint one that had the pentagram and the pot leaf on the back, and it was like neon green. And it was just, it was like one of my favorite dicky shirts. And uh, I had left it at her house. <laughs> mistake. And yet, she threw that motherfucker away just to get back at me. I'm like, oh, you bitch. And she finally admitted it to me years later. She's like, yeah, I know you love that shirt. I'm like, oh, you bitch. But, you know. We're Dude, friends, we're I had now. that same shirt, Ian. Oh. I had that same fucking shirt. The Dickie shirt. It was gray. Yep. I had the fucking yep. uh, pot yep. leaf pentagram yep. on the front and the big one on the back. Oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. missed that fucking shirt. Oh, there's shit. I, yeah. I, mean, I mean, everybody knows this, man. You, you go through a, a like a like a major breakup, you're gonna lose some CDs. <laughs> you're gonna lose some shirts. You know, you're gonna lose some shit, man. But that that's one that like one of the ones that hurts the most was that fucking super good shirt. Which unfortunately I wouldn't fit into right now anyway. But someday. I <laughs> but, yeah. Oh Same man, here. I miss that fucking shirt. Uh, hey, but all's forgiven, April. I still love you. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. oh, dude, what, what a great pick. What a great pick. Awesome album. Definitely yeah. I, I advise that to everybody. All right, well, yeah. now we got to go into Fan of the Week, and this is the guy who made this all possible. Tyler, I, I'm going to say fine. Fine, and, and Tyler, if I mispronounced your name wrong, I'm so sorry. Especially because your name's Tyler, just like my son, the great Tyler Waffle. Uh, but Tyler donated to this uh, years ago now, and uh, and I'm I'm so thankful. Everybody who's donated, it means so much, and that's why I'm continuing these episodes. It is awkward doing a show, uh, you know, and calling it Rock and Metal Combat Podcast without Ralph, but it is what it is. And uh, everybody who donated, I will take care of you, and and I owe you guys that much for for everything. For not only for not only for being a loyal listener, but you put your money where your mouth is, and you know all of you have been very patient. I mean, I, I know there's still people uh, from Rock and Pod Two who haven't got their episodes done yet, but everyone will be done. You know, but when they're done, I will put you know Rock and Metal Combat Podcast to sleep. I'm going to leave the episodes up so everybody can still hear, you know, your classic episodes, your favorite episodes. I'll do that as long as I can. At this point, I pay 10 bucks a month so you guys can still get access to those episodes. As long as it's 10 bucks, man, I'll keep paying that so y'all can enjoy it. Um, but once the fan episodes are done, then that's it. I'm just concentrating on... Diablos and Podcast. Uh, I want to thank everybody who's, uh, you know, stuck by me and, and enjoying the new show. And I also want to thank everybody who's stuck by Ralph and, and, you know, continue to support him. That's awesome. And I appreciate man, Enjoy both of what we have to offer. Man. We may not be doing the same show together, but, uh, you know, he's the best Ralph Vieira there is, and I'm the best fucking Wadzilla there is. Now you got two shows, so enjoy. I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. I know I did. And Damn I'm, right. I'm pretty sure you did too, brother. 
Hell yeah, I really enjoyed it, man. And um, you know, I just I wanted to be on this show for a long time, and I'm very grateful, man. Totally grateful. And uh, everybody out there in our group, you fucking rock, man. You fucking rock. And I made a lot of new friends. I'm not gonna name them all. A lot of them, you know, I, I talk to on a regular basis on Facebook. But this one guy I like to point out, fucking Bill Wang. That is an awesome motherfucker, man. He's one of the oh, first yeah. Bill Wang fucking rules, man. And, and everybody else does too, man. I, I, I know a little bit about Bill Wang. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, dude. I know. And, and uh, fucking that, that dude right off the bat is one of the first friends I made. And, uh, man, I actually, I, I, I thought you guys might do something right when all this uh, stuff went down. You know, I, and, I, I know a lot of people thought that, and uh, that would be fantastic. But but then then you got two people who can't edit a show. <laughs> Do all that. You know, Josh was brilliant there. And, and and that's that's one thing where I, I'll give uh, you know I'll definitely give credit where credit to do all the amazing anybody who edits the shows. That's a lot of hard work. And, uh, you know, I come on here, I tell my jokes, I do my, my shtick, but uh, my forte is not the editing. So, you know, thanks in the, in the past to Ralph, and thanks to all the amazing listeners who have, you know, donated their talents to uh, edit this episode. And Anthony is, is uh, going to do this episode, and, and thank you so much, brother, because that's, that's a lot of hard work, you know, to, to, to make me sound good. Uh, isn't easy, <laughs> you know. It's a lot of bells and whistles and editing, and uh, and I appreciate that. But it, it's an awesome way to to end the show to have it, you know, participation from all the listeners. I'm, I'm you know, not only the people that I have as guests, but the people who edit it. It's like everybody who loves this show, you become part of it and you add it uh, to what it was and, and, and what it is and what it forever shall be. The dominant hot you know. <laughs> Best uh, show ever, dude. But uh, I, I want to thank you, and again, thank you to everybody that continues to support uh, Diablo and Podcastica. You can get that on all, you know, wherever you get your podcast, you can find it. Uh, join the Diablo and Podcastica Facebook page if you're not on there. It was formerly the Rock and Roll Combat page. Uh, join the Wadzilla World page if you want to, you know, get a little taste of. Uh, the different shit that I like that isn't necessarily hard rock and metal. I know, James, you're part of that and, and enjoy that page as well. Yep. So, uh, so I want to say thank you so much, brother. And there will be a new fan episode soon. You won't have to wait as long. Uh, I know it's a crazy time in the world now, but I got to keep moving on and I got to keep doing these episodes and I'm going to keep posting them so y'all can enjoy them. Well, thank you so much, man, and just fucking stay safe out there, man. Everybody, just fucking stay safe, man, and we're going to fucking get through this bullshit. Hell yeah. So, until next time, this is James West Coast Offense and Wadzilla signing out. Later. Eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country. I'm going to eat a lot of peaches. Moving to the country, gonna eat a lot of pizza.